Did I spell it wrong? I'm trying to keep up with the letters. In first class, oh. up in the sky. Put you in first class, up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the TPS Supports Podcast. First class, up in the sky. We just got back from a trip on airplanes. Oh, Not yes. first class. Very last seat last on class, the plane. But up in the sky, no less. Uh, how's everybody doing? Term. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> wasted no time filling up all these whoopee cushions, and he's already used half of them. <laughs> Inappropriately. There wasn't even stuff to fart on yet, but. I was alas. farting on that lackluster intro. That was not good. I wasn't feeling it. I feel like that is going to be um, just par for the course this whole episode. First class! Oh, not feeling terrific. We both feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, we're getting a late podcast in because Monday wasn't even an option uh, for me, at least. We we got back on Sunday. I guess we're yes. w- working our way backwards on this Colorado trip, which was great. I didn't pass out. Good times. You know, that's not to say the altitude didn't affect me. You uh, didn't pass intestinally. out intestinally. <laughs> we sold out, son. We smashed out. Hey. Um. Yeah, sold out show in Denver. Pretty freaking cool. Uh, Fun time. Shout yeah. out, um, Mr. Fredo, White Moms. So fun. Um, we'll get into all that, but we did take a 5 a.m. flight or you know, 540 or something on a Sunday morning. So after the last show, we didn't have a hotel. We just kind of stayed up all night to get to the airport. And I can't sleep on vehicles. So I was yeah. like, I didn't really get sleep on the plane. The plane was like, it was hot. Were you like sweating on that flight home? Yes. Like the fucking air thing. It I always use the air thing. It didn't work. It was, it was working, but it was hot air. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is normally, like, my safe haven of, like, you know. It was worse flying out. in me. Um, so we flew out, and they boarded the plane, and then informed us that the <laughs> pilot isn't even at the airport yet. Oh, yeah. We're all sitting on the plane for, what, an And hour? apparently a plane is just like your car. You need whoever has the keys to start it for there to be air. Oh, yeah. There was no air circulation. We're all sitting there covered in sweat. Sold out flight. Packed flight. Both ways, just sweaty both ways. I can't stand it. And my my thing is, I have no ass. We've talked at length about my lack of ass right. on this show. Rap game, Hank Hill. Sitting on an, air, an airplane seat starts to get like like I can't. I'm just moving my fucking lack of butt cheeks around, right. and I'm just like, dude, it's like putting. It's like I'm sitting on concrete. Like I just can't. There's yes. no cushioning. I need I to get out of this chair. Blessed with a, a seat cushion. <laughs> yeah, a natural seat cushion. Uh, <laughs> so then, yeah, I get home and then we were going to, you know, I just napped on Sunday, tried to catch up on the sleep I didn't get, uh, the night before. And then come Monday, dude, it's like, 
There, there's a story to this too. I just thought this part of the story would have been over, but, but dude, Monday was like a, I, I don't told think you, it was the shot. I watched the Holly Holm fight, and I was I had already shat a few times before I was watching the UFC card, and it was a five round fight, and I took a shit between every single round. <laughs> I took five shits, and then I said you took a shit. <laughs> I was the real was loser over. of that fight. <laughs> you took a shit from that fucking dumbass decision. It was terrible. I thought I I felt as though uh, Holly won like four rounds. Yeah, Holly Holm like kicked her ass, and of course uh, she doesn't get the decision. Anywho, even if they went into the fifth two and two, yeah, Holly should have won that fifth round. I thought so too. She knocked her down with a fucking sidekick to the stomach. I thought there was no question. Held her on the fence for half the round. I was shocked. You know, like you know, instantly when they start reading it as split, I was like, really? Yeah. Well, you can tell by the way they, the camera angle. Yeah. Before they read the decision, they do like a split screen of both fighters. You know right. it's split then. Well, speaking of decision, I had a shit screen. I decided <laughs> we could not record on Monday because my belly was freaking out. I told you, it's like my insides, they sound like a wave pool. It was just like when I'm not shitting, all I hear is like, <laughs> like shit's fucking going nuts in there. And I was just like, all right, maybe I got like, uh, I don't know, something I ate or my body adjusting to going to high altitude and coming back down. I did have like some, you know, it wasn't the greatest diet. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm still feeling it. It's Wednesday now. And normally we record on Mondays, and I'm just like, I got a head cold. My belly never fully recovered. My shits were Sunday yeah. when I got home. Okay. Well, like... I felt like like something was trying to get out of my stomach. I said, too, when we got back from the Virginia uh, party a month ago, like, I wasn't... It wasn't bad, but I had, like... Every this time I bad. travel, anytime I travel anywhere, via car or airplane or something, it's like... I catch a little something. I took when a COVID test, home. not COVID, and I'm just like, I only took it also because, uh, one, you told me when you had COVID, a lot of it was gastrointestinal, and I was like, dude, my belly's freaking out, like, right. beyond diarrhea a dietary thing. Oh, I was, was full like on the diarrhea. main, um, like, unreported symptom. 100% Most people, I think, <laughs> it was like, did not have nearly, like, life-threatening symptoms, but they had diarrhea. Whew. And also, like, not only that, but it's, you know, my girlfriend. You could die She's curious. She's got to go to work, and I'm... We like to know if there's fucking COVID in the house, but that the Denver airport on that, you know, we got there at like three thirty in the morning. So in my head, I'm like, I've never really traveled at this hour. Maybe it's like a little right. like easier going. It was like way more packed. It's it was crazy. just a fucking. There were so many people there, more than O'Hare on the way out. It felt like. So I'm like, all right, I just it was a travel day, and we were just in the Denver airport with hundreds or thousands. It was thousands of fucking people. Three thirty in the morning. Millions. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> Trillions. Uh, it was just a lot of people, so I'm like, maybe it was that. It's not that. I have no idea. I'm just all pumped full of Sudafed sinus and, and I got allergy medicine right now. And I made two eggs, and I had this old package of chicken apple sausages. That's like my breakfast every day, chicken apple sausage and, and I two eggs. I opened this package. First of all, this package was in my grandma's freezer, and when she died, I took it. Okay, well, no. <laughs> Score. Uh, I cleaned that kitchen out. It's an antique, <clears throat> the sausage. And then I got home... Uh, so like two weeks ago, I opened the package and made one. <coughs> and then when we got home from this trip, it was like all I had to make. Yeah. I need some meat to go with my eggs. You know what I'm saying? I don't need it, but I, uh, <laughs> I want it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I've, Oh snap. I've steered away from bacon chicken, apple sausages and like, yeah, apple chicken. They so looked good. weird. When I took it out of the package, it looked weird. It didn't smell very weird. Uh-oh. It looked veiny. Uh, <laughs> it looked like it had like snot smeared on it almost. So I wiped it with a paper towel. Yeah, it's fine. And then I cooked it. <laughs> Give it a cold water rinse. Dude, you ever have these shits where it's like, like fucking yes. alien? <laughs> like the thing's going to pop out of my belly. All week. Uh, but also where it's just like, 
my stomach hurts so bad. I'm sitting on the toilet. Yeah. I'm just like moaning and groaning. And then like the pain ultimately reaches my back where now my back is like a brick wall of tightness. Yeah. Which now is just adding to the pain. And I, I, I can't shit, but it feels like there's razor blades in my stomach. Oh, yeah. It felt like razor blades now in I'm my like, asshole. Uh, now I'm like in the fetal position on my nasty bathroom floor because <laughs> really? it's just better. I never gotten fetal. Okay. I was I was going Fred Astaire on the shit. It shits. hurt so I, bad. I fire out some butt pee, and then it says my fetal. <laughs> I'm tap dancing on the floor. Like, ah, ah, ah. So this is what I did. I'm laying on my bathroom floor, and I punched the floor. <laughs> because it hurts so much I God just wanted damn it butt to piss. stop <laughs> And I like I, I felt like I broke my pinky knuckle <laughs> Yeah that's kind of how I was feeling today Didn't help the pain At either. this point it's like yeah, three it days later spots. I'm just so sick of feeling cruddy That like yeah I was, And part of it is like uh, My body's Like I got I woke up just like Body achy Like I'm just sore And sometimes like When my body's sore Oh my head is sore I'm stressed out So I'm just like I was trying to do like Some yoga stretching this morning But my face is leaking So every time I'm trying To get into something And I'm just like None of it was working I was let it leak bro I can't and I'm like, I'm putting my face in the leakage on the yoga mat, but still I'm like, it's supposed, supposed to be this to like, do. it's supposed to be like this, um, relaxing activity. And I'm just like, I'm literally like at the TV because I watch a video usually like some, I just follow along with some yoga instructor. Cause I feel like I get a more quality stretch in right. than when I just let myself decide how long I'm going to stretch and everything. Uh, but yeah, I was like cussing at the TV. I was just like, stretch fucking sucks. It's not doing anything, motherfucker. And like, I was just banging on the yoga mat. Like, this is not stress relief. It's just more stress. Um, but yeah, it absolutely sucked. Uh, no end in sight, you guys. It's just like I get fucking sick for a week, no matter what happens. Leave one, one show, three shows a month. I just can't. I can't hang. I can never just be like feeling good yeah. through the trip. And on my way home. I'm just glad it started when I got home. I would have hated to have had a... Right. You know, I guess it didn't. So let's back it up. Uh, first and foremost, we fly into Denver a day early. We really didn't do anything that first day. Uh, that was more for my own peace of mind because the last couple times I went into higher altitude Colorado areas, yeah, I got lightheaded. I passed out. I fucking. So I'm like, all right, easy on the alcohol. Make sure you don't arrive like the afternoon of set time to like not right. have any time to adjust. So we got there the night before and Im- then uh, immediately hit the King Super, cop some canned oxygen. I did hit a boost oxygen because <laughs> I have no idea if that helps, but I'm like better safe than sorry. I don't think we used it the way it's meant to be used. Well, you, we breathed it. That's what you do. Right. But like to just get up every hour or so in the hotel room and take a <laughs> of canned. I think it's meant for like if you're mountain climbing. That's, going to Denver is mountain climbing to me. That's what it feels like. Going from no altitude. I was just humored the whole weekend by it, that we're just like uh, intermittently grabbing this can. And hey, I drank alcohol, didn't pass out. There you go. So it worked. It couldn't hurt. Uh, but anyways, uh, Colorado Springs, night one. Soon as we pull up to the venue, there's this nice couple that apparently drove from hours away to be at the Springs show, and they dump a giant bag of weed, dabs, and mushrooms Lovely. in your lap. There was so much like free fan drugs, way more than right. we did, could do, wanted to do. It's just like this overwhelm. I know we talk a big game in our raps and our personas maybe on the mic, but it's like, I don't do shrooms like that. I don't do drugs really. The weed, I'm there for it. Give me all the weed. I like all the fucking weed. I like being given them. 
I will. I get. I'm an only never child. Take them when I'm giving. Yeah, them. I'm, I'm selfish. So even though I don't do shrooms, I'm like, I don't want to give them away. These are mine now. Yeah, it's like a half ounce of mushrooms. <laughs> these I are want mine. these. So I'm not gonna ever eat these, but they're not yours. I'll eat like a gram a few weeks from now and go see a movie, and then Ugh. like. I'll panic while I'm eating them. This is my, this is like the past few years. I'm such a pussy. Every time I'm like afraid to eat them. And I know this is going to happen every time. And it does. Yeah. I then eat like a small amount, go to like the movie or wherever I'm going, usually with my girlfriend. And you just walk right up to the line of and trip. Then I, yeah, exactly. And then I'm sitting there like, Faggot, why didn't you eat more? <laughs> this is like, this is way too mild. I want more than this. Yeah. Why didn't you eat more? That's how I've been too, but I like I, I'm I'm afraid to break through, and I have like lost my mind hallucinating. I don't even know how many times when I was a younger man, and that's I'm just like not about it anymore. Where the fear I think comes I'm from. done with shrooms um, at Never. this point. But it, the same couple gave us a bunch of chocolate edibles, which I did bring home. Haven't eaten yet, but thank you, uh, other fans. The homie uh, was it Derek that came back to Pueblo and Derek. Uh, he gave us weed in Colorado Springs, and then um, was at the show two nights later. But it was just like. Like, good problem to have, I guess, but we're like, we're not flying home with all this shit. It's, I'm, I'm too pussy to fly. I flew with one joint, and I was like kind of scared at the at the airport. Like, I took all my dabs <laughs> and a, a jar of weed. But yeah, it was, like, it was like an ounce of weed and an ounce of mushrooms. And we were basically given the offer by a friendly someone to, they'll mail them to us yeah. from Denver. And I was like, all right. Why risk it? Yeah, so we, we actually, that's that's great. That seems like the safest option is to just leave it there Hell and have yeah. it show up a week or two later. And uh, again, selfish, only child. I don't want to give it away. I'm happy to share a little bit, but I'm like to get so much free herb and shit. And it's like, it's from, you know, we're in Denver. We talked about the dispensaries in Chicago. It's crazy how much more expensive it is. How like our fans are desperate to give us drugs. And I'm desperate for the drugs, the weed, when it comes to the weed. You Even know? the weed though. Um, I think it was in Denver. Someone tried to give me. Oh yeah! Like, by the way, I haven't even gotten to Denver yet. This is just night one, and Denver was a packed show. More fans, more drugs. Someone tried to give me like a, like a half a gram in a Ziploc. Yeah. And I was like, "You need this. You're gonna get home, and you're gonna be like, why the fuck did I give him the last of my weed?'" Right. We're good. This guy who's already got two ounces in the car. I remember that it was yeah like the second day you came in is like Take it the easy. guy says he has some more weed for us. I'm like, tell him we got weed for him, dude. Right. Like, we can't. We got to <laughs> unload some of this. Keep it. Um, but anyways, overwhelming showing of support. We've always had a great, uh, show out in, especially Denver, but in Colorado, um, I don't know. Our fans are like, you got to get away from home to get that, like a, a different quality of fan. I'm not saying we don't have quality fans at home. We absolutely do. But we're like, we're their hometown heroes or whatever. Like we, we, we see them at every show that we play in this area for fucking over a decade. Right. We've only played a few shows in Denver ever. And, uh. Man, we were like clearing the merch line, and how many people like with the? I, I legit like shut my eyes and like tried to soak in, like without doing the. You know, I didn't want to fall into the. Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, appreciate it, appreciate it. Next, right? Thanks, thanks, appreciate it, appreciate it. Like these people were like spilling soul on us about how impactful our music was for many of them, and just like, like. Like, come on, like, group hug, man. Like, I just want to, I'm so glad you guys are fucking here, man. Response. I've been listening to you for 10 fucking years. They're response like, response autopilot. Out. That's what I do. Well, right. That, it feels, and look, you got to play that game sometimes when it's just like, I'm looking at a line of dozens of people and one guy's getting a little too hung up on his regurgitated, I love like, you guys. Dude, I'm I was like, hey, standing man. on the edge of a 10 story building. I was about to jump <laughs> and then I, I heard your song and I just backed and I'm I like, I heard body and dude and dub dub. I was and like, I got a reason to like, live. That's what's up, dude. Yeah, that's what's up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Saved your life, dude. What's up? That's what's up, man. Thanks. 
Right. So I, I remembered like feeling like I was about to get into that cycle of like, right. thanks, next. Uh, that's what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> but no, I like, I really wanted to like, I could feel the heart in their statements, you know? And I yeah. didn't want to just Sometimes be like, I'm yeah, yeah, whatever. Loss. I got to sell another t-shirt. So I was like really like present for the Denver compliments. I'm like, God damn. Like there are just, it's not every city we go to where I feel, it makes me feel like, you know, this is what we're supposed to no, do. Not a lot of times you go play a show and there's 12 people there and we're in some goofball Midwestern city and I go yes, like, wow, yes, mostly. maybe I should have like tried harder in school, you know? <laughs> but then you get to Denver and I'm like, no, dude, this is like, th- th- this is like why we do this. Sold out show in Denver, by the way. Fucking packed room. There was over 200 people there. I started um, thinking about those dudes with like bland personalities who... Uh, got like 401k jobs right out of college and follow barstool sports and everything. And I'm just like, man, they had the right idea. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I like, it made me feel that way by the end of Denver and uh, the openers, Mr. Fredo and the white moms, both artists we've uh, played at the end of podcast episodes. And then we don't go like back with, we're not like old homies, new homies for sure. Right. But like we had this little bit of rapport because of this dumb podcast where they would submit some songs and then we'd play one and go check them out. Uh, all of those guys, great dudes, like good fellas. Hope we can uh, definitely set more stuff up with all of them. You know, like these guys, call them good fellas. And uh, with both acts, they like uh, I don't know. Again, they just expressed how meaningful our music was, or how much you know, how long they've been listening to us and stuff. And I'm like, we get it. We mean <laughs> the world to all of you. But I remember saying to somebody of just like you know. They're paying me a compliment, and I'm like, well, damn, dude, we must be good if we influence you guys, and you're telling me how much we influence you, because you guys are great. Right. Like, they kick ass, and I'm just like, ah, oh, so we kick ass by proxy? Sweet. Um, I'll take it. No, great show, and uh, yeah, Denver, from the time we got in there, was just like a, a good time. All of us in the openers went out for Thai food. Uh, fucking, I, was, I feel like it's because I was sitting right next to Clay from the White Moms that I had like more of a rapport with him that night and we right. were goofing around a little more because like we had to split two tables at the restaurant, but um, he was a uh, very sociable, outgoing yeah, chap. Yeah, extremely uh, funny dude. Um, so then, yeah, I guess we, we could skip past the Denver performance, which I mean, for a Palmer Squares show, we've had worse performances. We kind of killed it. Right. Very minimal fuck-ups. We rocked. We rocked. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> anyway, so afterwards, um, our booking agent, Andrew, who is from Denver, we've been on the phone with him for six months. He's who set these shows up, but we never met him. Uh, so when we got out to Colorado, we met up with him in the Springs. He took us to Garden of the Gods. We walked around and chummed it up a little bit. And then he was at the Denver show too. Um, so it was nice to put a, a face to the voice who's been helping us set up all of our gigs this year. Um, so afterwards, we kind of realized uh, in discussion that he's also a horror nerd and he has a horror bar he really likes called the Slasher Bar. Is he a whore or nerd? He's a whore or a nerd. <laughs> Um, but it was, I'm like, Hey, that sounds like right up my alley. So after the Denver show, we had this plan to try and wrap it up and get over there for like a, you know, last call nightcap with the openers and any fans who wanted to join us. That's when fucking clay says, you want to take a spicy tequila shot? And I'm like, no, I I'll take a tequila shot. Like I don't do well with spice. I com- the spicy part is completely a turnoff. But anyways, we're at this goofy horror bar. No, my response was YOLO. It Pull wasn't. Up. No, it, it wasn't. I'm going to completely uh, undo that. Clay told me spicy tequila shot, and it's called Fear the Reaper, and I look, and it says this tequila is infused with Carolina Reaper pepper, like the hottest pepper ever. Bring it on. Uh, and then the bartender was saying he grows the peppers, so he like makes the fucking shit, and he's like, you know, 
So I already had agreed and I was like, everything about this is telling me no, but you know what? Fuck it. I feel so good about that show. Making memories. YOLO. Peer pressure a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Do it. So then, yeah, Term walks up like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm, I already read what it was. And I'm like, this is going to be a Carolina Reaper tequila shot. And then Term, when he read that, and he was like, oh, dude, I don't want to do this. And then you hesitated for like three full <laughs> minutes. And I was like, what? How you am I being sure more I confident? do this, man? Right. So I was like, I already got past my shit. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. And they even said, you know, it's hot going down, but it's, it's more about how it, it hits you in the belly. And I was like, I was drunk. I just had one of the best, I think the best show we played um, all year so far. We'll see what happens by the end of the year. But I called it, dude. Did I not say last week that we're going to look back, or at least looking back today, that was our best show of the year so far. And it was sold out. I was trying to like speak all those things into existence. It's going to be a sold out show. Going to be a great show. I don't show. remember that, but yeah, um, sure. Well, I did. <laughs> I called it. Um, you listened back. So uh, we do it. We take the Reaper shot, and it is my mouth is scorching on fire for like five minutes, and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, shouldn't have done that. But I was fine. I ultimately I just got to past see that. you guys do it first. Um, it's like uh, my new policy with cocaine, the whole fentanyl thing. <laughs> Let me see you do a bump. Make sure you're not a cop. Your eyes don't roll in the back or of your head a and you collapse. <laughs> I'll do one. Um, so anyways, it really wasn't like too bad. The hotness. It I just, disagree. It that just sucked. gave me hiccups. Uh, and then you look like a fucking cartoonish drunk. No, I straight up <laughs> just, it was bad. So by the next day, I kind of forgot about it. We still had one more show in Pueblo. We, it was an early show. We were opening for a reggae act. We were on stage at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. was our stage time. He did do like an, a crowd response. I don't know why we'd love when I say Irie, Irie so much. Irie. Like we were leaving, we were leaving. And then we heard like, yeah, he did a, like an Irie. Oh, looks like we're staying. Yeah, we're staying to say Irie a few more times, dude. Irie. Oh, it's just a funny word to me. Irie. I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> so before our set, though, that's when the the aftermath, right? Like if I took that shot at 2 a.m., you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, and then we're playing Saturday at 8, that's about how long it took for it to go through me and just burn my asshole It's a out, shot, dude. though. Shouldn't you pee it out? I, I turned that Carolina Reaper shot into Carolina Reaper shit, like within... I don't know, 15 hours. And I'm just sitting there like, oh no, dude. And it was, that was me tap dancing. I was in that bathroom like, ha, ha, ha. Like this sucks. It's like Uh, when a Cartman was shooting flames out of his ass. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I was like nervous the whole set. We just also had, uh, maybe it was the salmon, maybe the best salmon ever, but we both kind of felt belly residuals the next day. I don't think it was the salmon. I'm not going to blame the salmon, dude, because it was was too good to, to blame. I didn't have that. And I don't think you had the pain that I had, oh, which hurt. sounds more like uh, you should have thrown me out two weeks ago instead of eating me today type of pain. Yeah. <laughs> what else to talk about besides our shitty buttholes? I don't know. Uh, anything else about the trip? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty we're brushing over, but Denver kicked ass. It was all worth it for Denver. The whole trip was terrific, but hey... Right. Sold out show in Denver, one of our favorite cities to be at. Continuing a flawless track record there, for the city of Denver. There's definitely like some cities that don't, you know, they, they dip off over time. I always use Philly as the example. First time we went to Voltage Lounge, it was like sold out, packed. Like, hell yeah, we're here. We've arrived. We're clearing a long merch line. This is one of our cities. And That's then we cool. went back and it was like, you know, not quite a sellout or whatever, but still b- big crowd. Good turnout. And, and then, like, the next time, it was, like, 50 people there. And then, like, the next time, it was, like, 15. And I was like, all right, I think Philly might be done with us. Or, like, we're not promoting this well anymore or something. 
Denver is just like as strong as that first time, dude. So many people come out and they're like, they're really about our music. They're not just passive listeners. They fucking love us. It's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Uh, uh, so thank you, Denver. And Colorado in general, you know. Oh, something that we forgot to mention. I saw on Saturday, like right before our Pueblo show, I see on Instagram that our, our homie Spose and Cam Groves are touring and they're in Denver. Spizzy. On like the day after we were in Denver. So my first instinct, I commented, I was like, damn, we oh. missed you by a day. I was like, damn, we were in Denver last night. Uh, also saying Spizzy that way reminded me that um, Swiggy showed up to the Pueblo oh show. <laughs> Swiggy. Swiggy. Spizzy. Never even heard of the Untai Reacts. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. Uh, so then, yeah, on top of it, before heading to the airport from Pueblo, we Well, we were going to kill like three hours just, you know, dude, we were off stage by quarter to nine, and we had a flight out of Denver, which is what, an hour and a half away, uh, at 5 a.m. So we're like, we really got the whole night to kill time here. So we hung out with some fans in Pueblo, smoked some joints under a bridge. Um, and then, yeah, we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, why don't we, we got to go back to Denver anyways because that's where we're flying out of. Why don't we just leave now, and then hopefully we can catch the tail end of uh, the Spose Cam Grove show, say what's up to the homies, and that's exactly how it worked out. We got to pop in. They like Spose was clearing his merch line. We've seen Spose in a couple of cities. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty strong supporting, too. A lot of people just lined up to oh, yeah. do what we got in Denver. You know, you're my favorite. I love you guys. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was fucking uh, It was sweet. So we got to pop in. They were basically kicking everybody out, but we stayed, and... Uh, Whoever owned that club, it was called a Herman's Hideaway, I think. Yes. Um, they just let us smoke weed inside. We, we just hung out there and killed time with those guys. Took Thank some photos you, Herman. Um, but yeah, that was like a nice little... It's not It's not often we have like friends where we are miles, thousands of miles out of state. You know, like We only ever see those guys uh, on their turf, or at least the last time when we were on Jarve Tour out in Maine. And, uh, right. You could have stopped it. It's not often else. we have friends. Right. Um and then yeah. we land. Well-rounded trip. Oh my god! In Chicago. Guess who we saw? Guess. No, I'm seriously. Walking, I'm waiting. Guess. <laughs> walking to baggage claim, and I noticed some people from our flight uh, at a at a table at one of the restaurants in O'Hare are like crowding around a table where Carrot Top is sitting. One of the most recognizable guys on the planet. And it looks like the people on our flight were annoying the shit out of him. He did not look happy. Dude, I remember like, it, especially for comedians. It's not like I got. I'll like Carrot Top's albums and shit. But like for comedy people, I kind of like nerd out and I'll be like, but well, I remember course. I was so uncomfortable from that flight and I was so happy to just like be in Chicago and heading home. I remember we were walking by, we both noticed that's Carrot Top sitting there and I, and I just went, no way. When we and landed, then we just kept walking. <laughs> when we landed, our plane taxied around the entire O'Hare runway for 40 minutes. Oh yeah, it was a big deal. They're like, we're going to get in actually like significantly earlier than planned. And then you sat there sweating on the plane for, yeah, almost an hour. The whole Sucked. the whole O'Hare runway. We did. Yeah, we, we lapped the entire <laughs> the international entire airport. Thing. Isn't it like with the second biggest so airport was, in the country? So I was fucking fed up. But also he was fed up. Um, but yeah, weirdly, he was scowling. He didn't look like he wanted us to come ask for a photo. We caught eyes. Me and Carrot Top caught eyes. Hell yeah! And he, like I said, looked frustrated and angry. So I didn't want to just. I thought it would be insulting if then when we caught eyes, if I was just like and put on a big old so smile. So you mean mugged him back? Not intentionally, <laughs> but yes. And then walking away, it was just like that yeah. was a weird, like aggressive eye catching right. interaction with Carrot Top. And, and term, I wonder if he feels the same way. Yeah, term mouth words. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I did. I did try and deliver like a sir, like a nod. But you could have given him a Bob Odenkirk, tell him thanks for everything. Thanks for everything. <laughs> 
but yeah, it was a it was an awkwardly aggressive catching of the eyes between me and Carrot Top that happened on Sunday. Hey, count it, dude. That counts as he, the homie. He is the, the homie. Did we? Dude. That counts as meeting the homie. <laughs> we know a thing or two about props, Mister Top. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the trip in a nutshell. Uh, sold out Denver show. Oh uh, yeah, Mr. Fredo and White Moms are the shit. Shout out our booking guy Andrew. Nice to meet him. What was the Spose, uh, Cam Groves and Carrot Top? What was the sandwich place? Il Porcelino Salumi. Salumi. Il Porcelino Salumi. Oh my god, it was so good. We went there twice. We went there twice. Day we got in, and then the last day, uh, had to re up. Ruled. Um, very good sandwiches. Yep. Highly recommend. Oh, well, that was it, you guys. That was the freaking trip. We've been waiting all year for it. I like, I get like uh, anxious specifically about those cities because of the altitude and my history there of like passing out. Like that, that one time passing out has scared me to go back ever since. And this like not happening this time, even though I got home and I got like a stomach bug and I got a head cold and I feel like a pilot dog shit. Wear a helmet next time. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, It was a great trip. And now I, uh, Make it fun. Put the get it one of those beer helmets with you know? boost oxygen though, and just have the <laughs> tubes of yes. oxygen in my face. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. We can move on. I don't know. I've been paying attention. Maybe somebody died. You can tell me, but I don't see much there. Uh, I'm also really uh, averse to drinking today. I'm not trying to get drunk. That's for sure. Um, a bunch of people died. Really? They were kids. Oh, dude. Well, they were, were they of, famous? A bunch of young people. They are now. <laughs> They've been on TV for all day. Touche. <laughs> all right. I didn't want to drink. No, but honestly, we're like 14 uh, whiskey shots. In in terms of the celebrity obits, it was a really slow week. Yeah. Well, shout out. Um, I'll take a shot to these kids, though. Oh, well, too soon. Wow. Didn't even don't, hear don't, myself. Don't say taking shots <laughs> oh, my these goodness. kids. Um, last week though, uh, NBA Hall of Famer Bob Lanier died, and I completely skipped over. Bobby. What, what, what bugged me is I like had that on my list for last week with um, who was the big one? Fred Ward, Freddy, dude, and uh, whatever. But then we we I was about to get into him, and then you transitioned into talking about Lil Keed, right? And I was like, I fucking <laughs> I skipped a Hall of Famer for Lil Keed. Our but, bad. Uh, whatever. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, Bob Lanier. He's had his fucking jersey retired in like multiple cities. He was a buck. He was a piston. Um, he was an old timer, but he's dead. One name, uh, electronic musician, Vangelis. Oh, you know what? He died. Hold he's on. one of those guys with just one name, Vangelis. Let's back it up. Vangelis died. Now we're not gonna drink every. I might be good for one shot. They all have to. All those fourteen kids and Vangelis yeah, and Bob Lanier from last week. Right, Vangelis did the score to the movie Chariots of Fire. Never seen it. How about that? He Never also did the it. score to Blade Runner. Have seen it. Count it. Vangelis, this one's for you. Um, yeah, what's wrong with people, you know? I was uh, talking to my girlfriend with, you know, the news from the other day about the mass shooting. But I'm just like, sadly, I get, like, more than that. I get when somebody, like, is racially motivated. Like, I don't get it, but it's like, I understand that this country was built on fucking, like, racism, and I don't know, if you're going to target, you look different than me, to target eight-year-olds as an 18-year-old, no matter what skin color, I, I, like, don't, I cannot wrap my head around it. No. But I just don't get 
The targeting elementary school kids. What's your? Can you shoot up a high school like a fucking man? Act your own age. Pick on somebody your own fucking size. Are you kidding me? Like they were third graders, right? Something like that. That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I said uh, the, why? Like it why? fuels conspiracy theories because you're like, well, what? There's a lot of, you know, uh, how do I carefully phrase this? A lot of people worthy of shooting. <laughs> And I wouldn't, I wouldn't count elementary school students on that list. They're, but like, they're not even on the bottom of the list. They're not on a list. There's a little company in Chicago called Laz Parking who has <laughs> stolen our meter parking in the city, and you have to pay up the ass to this privatized company to park anywhere in the city of Chicago, and not a dime of that money goes back into paving the fucking treacherous streets. Right. Go shoot up Laz Parking. <laughs> well, we know where Terms headed after this. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I just, I can't even wrap my fucking head around that one. Like, they're all brutal. School shootings, brutal. Mass shootings, brutal. Church, (laughs) otherwise, it's like elementary age children. This music is way too sexy for this conversation. Oh, dude. Talk slower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is this Vangelis? This country. Is this from fucking Blade Runner? Is in a dark place right now. Uh, It harbors a lot of resentment. A shark in the waters. More polarized and divided than I've ever seen it in my life. Um... Yeah, it's pretty gay. And, and another thing we were talking Murder about. Murder and suicide rates are on the rise. The, the way. Stores are being looted. You want to talk about bizarro world? Like, the, when you talk about the first two amendments, like, there's, it seems like so much quick. It depends on what communities we're talking about, but a lot of people seem so much quicker to, like, to just kind of brush the second amendment thing away. Meanwhile, if you tell a transphobic joke or if you're John Mulaney and you bring out Dave Chappelle or something, like oh. that's a, that is active danger. That is actually violence. We wasted all those tweets. Dude. <laughs> I uh, we were reading tweets in the car the other day talking <laughs> about like I guess John Mulaney brought Dave Chappelle out in Ohio, which is Chappelle's state where he lives. Um, <laughs> but like we were just reading tweets of people that were like calling just bringing him out to tell, you know, quote, transphobic jokes was like the words like active, actively endangering the community. I love the word actively. Active. People just use the word actively because they feel like it spruces up their statement. Yeah. But like to say like active violence and, and danger. Meanwhile, Chappelle was talking. About, so here's the big thing. If you're a comedian, you tell a transphobic joke. That's bad because it's going to encourage other people to go beat up trans people, actively harm them with violence. Apparently, that's the fear. We can't be joking about that because then people who heard it are going to know that, oh, it's okay to like make light of this. So I'm going to go kill somebody who identifies as that. I don't think that's happening in large scale. Did anyone make a joke about third graders recently? Um, but like, so Chappelle was a few weeks ago attacked by a trans person because they were triggered by his material and they wanted to show the world that you shouldn't joke about it. So they violently attacked Are him they trans? with a gun. I thought there was like a really vague. Uh, I think they were bi. It said they, I think they were consider bi. themselves part of the LGBTQ right. yada, 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 yada But it was like in defense of the trans community and what Chappelle has done to them and whatever. And I'm not saying it's like. Look, I get it. If you want to be offended by the joke, that's that's your prerogative. But to like this this backwards correlation of like the words are the violence and the violence is protected. Like a guy violently attacked Chappelle with a gun that had a, a switchblade in it, right? It was a knife that's shaped like a gun. Right. And that was the joke. I read the transcript of the John Mulaney said and, and Chappelle said he was joking about that. And he said, it's a gun that identifies as a knife. Right. And that was the transphobic material. That's where it's phobic. Said. And he's also talking about being physically assaulted. Like it's a personal experience. Right. That re- related back to like the trans um, 
like uh, what's the word? D debate the fucking dilemma, the situation that goes on between him and that community and his material and stuff. But like, dude, I read a New York Post article about that guy that attacked Chappelle, and it was like complete apologist paragraphs of like, right. you know, he just wants the world to know that you know you shouldn't make jokes about that because. Meanwhile, everyone's afraid that everyone's going to go leave and attack trans people if Chappelle makes it. All I've seen is a trans person or somebody on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum attack him. So it's like, if anything, it's a two-way street. And I'm seeing one way coming towards somebody on stage. You know, The attacker goes both ways. He swings ways. both ways <laughs> towards Chappelle and away. But like, I just don't get that Like when you talk about a joke, uh, uh, call it a transphobic joke. I would just call it maybe a trans joke transphobic yeah i don't no. understand the phobic um, but that is active violence and danger that, that those words harm danger active meanwhile people are like actively harming and endangering we'll start with Chappelle, but just like it's going the other way they're getting triggered and getting violent and acting like that's the right course of action i just i can't wrap my head around I don't know the the difference between Amendment One and Amendment Two, and apparently the first one is way more of an issue right now. Holy shit! A comedian joked about something that, you know, probably offended thirteen people in a crowd of eighteen thousand. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying their feelings don't matter, but yo, majority rules. I don't know. Like, what about everybody that had a fucking great time and saw the best show of their lives because Chappelle was a surprise guest or something? And like, no, the majority doesn't matter anymore. Good lord. Uh, he also is like fighting to. So the DA in Los Angeles is refusing to press felony charges against the attacker. Uh, Los An is that, was the show in Los Angeles? I believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, I, yeah, turn this sexy music up. <laughs> There's a know. food shortage. I'm just confused. Baby formula? Where? Fucking kids get mowed down with assault rifles. And people are like, this country, man. Mental illness and it's America. And then it's like somebody makes a joke and they're just like, kill him. What are we doing anymore? <clears throat> um, but yeah, I saw, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but Ricky Gervais has a new special out and there's already backlash because he has a transphobic I saw, joke. All I saw was the bit and I thought it was very funny. I, I read some tr transcript, but I'm like, I don't, I actually will watch this. Uh -oh. Pardon me. Hello. Pardon me. <laughs> but uh, I saw, you know, Netflix does a little pre-roll. They show you like a minute of the thing before you watch right. it. And the pre-roll was about... They um, chose that clip? No. It was a different clip where he was basically talking about... Um, I, I, of course, I would fuck it all up, but like marginalized communities. And they're like, oh, if black people are only like 10% of this community and then the trans people are this percentage. And he's like, I am a white hetero multimillionaire and there's less than 1% of us. Right. <laughs> like that was, he's making fun of poor people, right? Like, like are, are poor people going to come out and I thought it was actually a really funny take. Like yeah. there's less than one, we're the most marginalized because we're at the top is the 1% is a funny spin on that whole discussion. But it's like, I'm also poor. Am I going to go attack him? Am I going to spear him off stage with a gun knife? Like, just take it. Just just understand that we're all in the same boat and we all like need a certain level of thickness to our skin here to be able to understand. Because I haven't watched it yet, but I'm <laughs> guessing he makes fun of other races, other sexual preferences, all poor people do. himself. It's like all comedians touch that. And then as soon as they cross into your area, like we had a tour manager a few years ago where like we were listening to Bobby Slayton. He's he's known Love as the him. pit bull of comedy, right? Love him. He's talking about it's a little uh, dated. It might be a little dated of an album, right? But raging still, bully. There's like some pretty like uh, I would deem it if I were Asian, I would say this is offensive to me. Asian he offends material. everyone, everybody. And then as soon as he starts talking about women, 
our female tour manager goes, shut this well, off. First off, she laughed. Laughed at everything. The at- black jokes, the Asian jokes, you know? And then it got to women's jokes, jokes, and she goes, no. No, and it, uh, it might have been Patrice, or we changed it or something. But I was like, how the fuck do you listen to one person make fun of everybody but what you identify as and think this is honky-dory, and then somebody makes fun of women in a joke, which was Patrice's joke about uh, dogs versus women. And it's like, at least like my dog needs me, but it doesn't act I like it doesn't. Dogs. Right. And uh, that's where she goes, like, shut it off. Shut it off. I don't like people comparing women to dogs. It's like, yeah, but you like people... You know, doing Ching Chong Asian voice impressions and like laughing your ass off. It's it's if, completely if up to you. Amy where Schumer your line was is. doing a bit about how men are pigs. I wouldn't be like, turn this off. Right. I will not listen to men be compared to farm animals. <laughs> but it was just interesting to me that all of that, her shut this off came after we were listening to other comedy albums that were like debatably way more like towing the line. Right. Of offensive towards other communities that were not specifically women. Bobby, Bobby Slate makes fun of women too. Right. Well, you, of, of course. Uh, it's, it was just like, I couldn't believe that. It's like, it's either all or nothing. That's the thing about free speech. It's like, you can, you know, you, you're allowed to say things that would be offensive or just take it all away. Put everybody in a fucking box so nobody can say anything. And it seems like a lot of people, that's their preference. I don't know. Um, the world's gay. I'm gay. <laughs> that's the world. Quote, the world. Um, so yeah, we're, we listened to the entire... Uh, love, love theme. theme from Blade Runner. Let's hear Blade Runner blues. You know, I guess let's listen to the whole Blade Runner soundtrack and never take this shot. So that's what you got, Vangelis. I guess. All right, count it. You guys, we're trying to get one in this week. This it's shot, rough. as long as it's not a spicy tequila shot, this should be all right. Hey, <sighs> drives me nuts, dude. Jokes. It's always in there. Joke. Comedian tells joke. With quotes around it? Yeah, quote around the word joke. Like, holy shit, dude. Bizarro. I just don't like the phobic thing. It goes back to, uh, we've talked before about how the news or these quote-unquote journalists are I allowed to I listen to, to Legion just, of Skanks all the time, and they'll make like racially insensitive stuff. They're allowed to just And it's like, though. I don't think they hate black people because they went for that joke. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think I think their black listeners understand that perfectly well too, right? You know, but they're allowed to just decide with their headline that something is misogynistic. How about you decide with your head? Fuck um, the headline. Use your head. You know what wrong is and what right is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I, it's I, wrong to attack Chappelle on stage. So for that article to be like, well, he was in a marginalized community and he was triggered by the joke. So I don't think that like any any joke that's coming from a place of an attempt to humor people, an attempt to brighten up someone's day, an attempt to make someone laugh comes from a place of phobia. Yeah. But especially that joke is like, I don't understand the word phobic. I don't, I don't understand or the tag on phobic. Right. When, when the joke is, it's a gun that, or, uh, that identifies as a knife. Which, like, again, he's how talking that, about his own physical assault. How does that assault translate of, to, I am afraid of this community well, and their thing, values. Another thing from that transcript was, I guess, Chappelle said, like, I don't have a problem. I never had a problem with the trans community. But now I do. And right. then he talks about how, like, the beef has been perpetuated because of, like, the backlash to all of his Netflix material. And so again, at this point, he has to defend himself. Those words don't have to mean, I disapprove of the trans lifestyle. Right. It means that now me and the trans community have a beef. I have a problem with I'm them. I'm pretty sure his joke They from, protest to get me removed from my platforms. From a few, spe- a few specials ago. Wow, one shot. Uh, a few specials ago was like, you know, he's like, it's not hatred, but can we admit it's funny? 
you know like if i dave Chappelle, like we're uh you know talk like a chinese guy and tries to make like it's how i feel on the inside right and he's like if there's nothing humorous to that being born in the wrong body there's no joke to be made you know and he's saying like i don't hate you but it's funny dude you could go back 25 years it was either on uh killing them softly or live from the fillmore he has the joke about like i've been studying what white people eat he talks about what everybody eats you know and he's like right. it's not a reason to hate a motherfucker like you know black people i guess if we like chicken and watermelon and you hate us for that like if you don't like chicken there's something wrong with you there's it's not a reason to hate somebody with you but it's funny and he's like native americans uh eat a lot of corn uh doritos i think they call it like he was just goofing on what you know putting people in their racial boxes by diet and saying from the jump 20 years ago like it's not a reason to hate a motherfucker but it's funny it can be funny, like what you choose to eat. It's always been his forte is observing the differences between classes of society and right. ethnicities, classes, races, genders. He's been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten rather good at it. But um, anywho, you can shut this sex music off. What We get it. The guy fucking who made the music died. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bob Lanier. Oh. Highly recommended. The Blade Runner soundtrack. Score? Soundtrack? Ooh, somebody got triggered by last week's caller. Recommending hip hop? <laughs> this week's highly recommended album. Hell of a problem, nobody, nobody has the answer. Poop, spread it out like, like a, a body of cancer, my stanza. Get it going like a car. I surrender new ever like this young. This y'all. <laughs> Little brother. I can finally sing along to one of these damn things. The Minstrel Show by Little Brother. When did this come out? Whoa. He had a line about a rape charge. Canceled. 2005. No one exposes. Me get to Lagoha, my lord. So I discovered today my favorite song on the album, Hiding Place, which is playing right now. Yeah. was not produced by Jay Dilla. Always thought it was because they say his name so many times on the song. This is is a Ninth Wonder production. Well, that makes sense. I was going to say, I I don't know if I thought this was Dilla, but Ninth was their guy. They say Dilla multiple times. Yeah. This is the best part here, though. Don't compare me to jokes. I strangle the air in your throat like you jumped from a chair and choked in midair from a rope. Got a big gun and carry a scope. The flare in the smoke. You shoot quiet like words librarians spoke. I'm arrogant, outlandish. Blow your face out and shake out the dandruff. Jakes can't make out the handprints. I'm as real as it gets when it's still in the clip. Bark and make dudes duck and nilla just splits. It gets no realer than this. It's Tay and L's eye dropping that definitive shit. This should have been a double album commemorative disc. Cause hip hop might need us. No telling where you might see us. My whole team coming through and teasing white beaters Out doing a damn thing like beavers Yo, it's P to the H-O, I finished the job Plus my Dominican bro, picking me chili con queso Working to plan a perfect verse that burst Like a person that jerked from a circus cannon and land to the earth It's me on the song feature, your fleet breathing is strong It's a gypsy reading the palm with a drawn heater Never gone off the wrong reefer Something about LeBron's bronze sneakers I love the way he likes Wait for the Pistols and AKs in the Oh, such a classic. On exchange. All right, turn up, though. This is one of my favorite lines on the album. 
didn't understand that was my next direction So I'm playing postman and addressing questions like Yes, I'm still in LB, no, I'm not leaving No, I don't eat meat, but yes, I'm still beefing uh, Records out, this is all live, nigga. Check it out. LBS still a fam on a mission. And I ain't worried about Jay Dilla was slated to have a verse on this song. But due to his health complications, it never happened. I mean, I don't know if there's room for no disrespect to the dead, but dude, when you have LB and Elzai on this song, it's like I don't know. I had to do some digging on YouTube. This was a comment. I was around when they made the album. Dilla got shouted out because he was supposed to rhyme on the jam, but due to his health and scheduling conflicts, it never happened. Fonte even says Ninth Wonder on the track during the hook right. at 110. Ninth Wonder's name is in the production credits. At this point, I feel like video evidence wouldn't even be enough for some people that just insist that Dilla made this beat. It's, I mean, it sounds Dilla-ish. Yeah, I was just assumed because they say... Dilla dog. Yeah, if you're a hip hop head and you never went through your like Fonte little brother phase, you know, better late than never, dude. Minstrel show. The minstrel show, uh, little brother consists of Fonte, Big Poo, Ninth Wonder. I like this song a lot. Took my respect, took lessons, and took the time. And if you want a success story, just take a look at mine. This was that shit that was in my, you know, CD player in high high school. For oh man, this is like back to that era. That like teleprompter shit. I got you watching your words. Stuff I like will never forget. Even if I haven't heard this, I haven't heard this shit in years. Like, but it's all in there still because of that formative sponge like right era of consumption of hip hop in high school. Fonte absolutely. Uh, deserves credit with teaching us how to rap. Yeah, to I some degree. There's I've, other people on that list. I've sort of strayed, but I remember, like, I remember years ago, I decided because people would be like, "Who do you listen to? Who's your favorite rapper?" And I used to be like, "Well, there's this guy, and I like Quell from Typical Cats, and Nas is really good." And I just, and it always changes. And I like wanted an answer, and I decided Fonte is the fucking answer. You know, like, it's it's the knee jerk. Like, I'll never regret. That's never going to be super outdated. Right. I'm like, I listen to J. Cole way more now than I do Fonte currently. But if someone says, who's your favorite rapper? I'm going to go, Fonte. You know? Right. Like, it's not, I like J. Cole, but yeah, one of these dudes kind of taught me about lyrical patterns when I was in high school. The Becoming, sick song, not enough, sick song. Seems like whatever I do It's not enough for you Oh, I'm loving it with Joe Scudder That was my jam Sincerely yours Sincerely yours is fire You make me want to say it again Another good one Love Cheating by Percy Miracles Right <laughs> Uh, song called Cheatin' where Fonte not only displays his vocal talent but his sense of humor but pokes fun at R&B storytellers like R. Kelly to the windows to the walls skeet skeetin' I love uh <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 Can't think of nothing that rhymes with 15 Say it again 
is a highlight. Could be my favorite beat on the album. Shonda. You make him want to say it again. Love the song, slow it down. I wanted to highlight a little rhyme on this song that just, oh, I love it. I think it's right here. Sometimes I think I'm from another world When I'm trying to tell a woman just exactly where I stand at I want a girl when I want a girl And when I don't want a girl, I want a girl who understands that Fonte rules, dude Really one of the best ever uh, Loving it Another incredible beat And the single from this album <clears throat> BET refused to air this music video because it was, according to multiple sources, quote, too intelligent. <laughs> Whoa. Talk of who's racist now. Ironic that a song from an album titled The Minstrel Show was too intelligent to be featured on what some consider to be a modern day minstrel channel. <laughs> Black exploitation television. I actually found... Um, so Stephen Hill, executive vice president of music and talent at BET, spoke on the Little Brother issue. Because Fonte, in like... Uh, it was like the year after, was, was included. You know how BET, they do that award show every year and they have the ciphers? Right. So Fonte was included in the ciphers at the next year's award show. Uh, Stephen Hill of BET said... BET wouldn't play their video because their music was, quote, too intelligent? I'm not sure how all that confusion started. I was surprised when the accusation came up. The Little Brother CD was one of my personal favorites, and Fonte's flow is crazy. <laughs> when it came time to put together ciphers for this year's BET Hip Hop Awards, I personally requested that he be involved. Very glad that he accepted it. And of course, he ripped it. Fonte went on to comment, although the history between BET and Little Brother has been very rocky and controversial, I'm still thankful for the opportunity to expose my name and my group to a bigger audience. I challenge BET to go even further outside the box and challenge their viewers with fresh, new faces that show up in hip-hop in all its varied forms. By highlighting artists such as myself, Stat Quo, Joel Ortiz, and Cardinal Official in this year's award ceremony, they're off to a good start. When asked if fans of the group would feel like they, quote, sold out, Fonte responded by saying, the people who would say that, I don't even consider to be fans at all, honestly. What type of fan wouldn't want to see an artist they like performing on a nationwide platform being exposed to more viewers? Another little Palmer Squares <laughs> fun fact connection. La, 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 la. Uh, our first show we ever played in Chicago was at the Abbey Pub, and that's where we also saw Little Brother live. I think twice um, back in the day, day, and like that's where that's where a lot of the hip hop acts at that time, like high school, we would drive downtown to go see shows, and they'd be at the Abbey, and we saw Devin the Dude at the Abbey. Yep. We saw Peanut Butter Wolf and Mad Lib at the Abbey. Yep. We saw Little Brother at the Abbey. I remember dapping up Big Pooh like. Uh, 
the like door out of the green room is by the front door or like the exit, you know? I remember he was like walking out after the show right when we were walking out and I got to get a little dap session in there. Um, but so gay. During our first quote unquote show at the Abbey, which was a Theory Divine show where he let us come up and do a song or two. Yeah, it doesn't count. I remember saying into the mic like a fucking dweeb, like, it's a pleasure to be at the Abbey. We've seen so many great artists here. Little brother, Devin the Dude. <laughs> I just had to like... Oh, why don't we get the real deal? Hell yeah. Gotta blow all those four, five of those back up. But yeah. 20-year-old me, like, this is the stage that's been rocked by Fonte, and now I'm on it, and this matters. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, a hip-hop recommendation. The only one of the years. truly. Cherish it. <laughs> Cherish it. I listened to this in high school. Uh, little brother... With their 2005 classic, The Minstrel Show. Let's just go out on this interlude here. Carnell! Carnell! What cut off that damn TV show watching that ignorant-ass shit? Got you messing up your homework, damn minstrel show niggas. Making black folks look like damn fools. Talking about I love it. If it was your damn timetables, would you love that? How about loving some long division, nigga? Can't stop, won't stop. Would you love that? Bring damn elves home on your fucking report card. And somebody get the damn phone. Damn, I pay the bills. Can somebody at least answer the phone? Then I got it. Hello? It's for you. Yo. Little brother. With their 2005 classic, The Minstrel Show. I highly Long recommend time. it. Goddamn. Goddamn. Would you love that? Sorry, I just got a voicemail from my grandma's boyfriend. Whoa. Who is calling to tell me that my grandpa... The reason we didn't record yesterday is because I spent the morning with my grandpa. I took him to get a new cell phone. And then that just resulted in like six hours of trying to teach this 92-year-old man how to work this cell phone. Yikes. And it's not going well. I just got a call from my grandma's boyfriend that like my grandpa can't hear... That might sound weird. My grandma and grandpa divorced 20 years ago, and she had a boyfriend up until she died. So mm. now him and my grandpa are like pals. Nice. But he's calling him. My grandpa's calling him to tell him that like his phone doesn't, he can't hear it ringing. It's just been nothing but a headache, <laughs> this new phone. He just like, I'm sure he's pressing buttons without realizing it and turning the ringtone off, and then he can't hear it ringing. He also, he's, blind. he's like next to blind. So... I don't know, it's crazy. Yesterday, I'm just like, I spent hours just trying to teach him how to scroll through his contacts, and it's impossible. He like, can't figure it out. Man. This new phone next to every contact has like a little icon of like a person, just like a, you know, like the shape of a head or whatever. Yep. He doesn't know what that is. He's like, like <laughs> what is this letter in front of everything? And I'm trying to explain to him, they're like, it's just a little image of a person. I don't know why that's they put you it. Know, that's how you know it's a contact. Right. Right. That doesn't make sense to him. It's like, I got to put it in my eye, the and contacts? That's the, like, the most prevalent thing on the screen for him. And it doesn't mean anything. It's, right. it's on every name. So every name is the same to him. Every name is confusing. <laughs> Again crazy. with this. <laughs> and, it's, and then it's just hard, you know, with any 92-year-old person, uh, at least for me, to, like, to have the patience uh, he's also like deaf. Not only is he blind, but he's, he's blind, also like he's deaf. deaf. He's Helen Keller. So, you know, just, I don't know how many old people you deal with, but it's like this commonality now where I have to like, I have to yell things, but then I feel like I'm yelling at an old person, but I just, I have to do it. 
or else he doesn't know what the fuck I'm saying. Right. We went to a restaurant yesterday, and I'm like, what do you, and he's asking me to read <coughs> what the specials are, and I'm like, steak tacos, and he's like, what? <laughs> steak tacos. Uh, satellite pincetta? He doesn't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Il porcellino salumi? <laughs> steak tacos. So I'm like yelling at an old man in public, and other people are looking at me. Like I'm an asshole or something. Steak fucking tacos. <laughs> you know, I was just watching. Waiter's uh, like, I got it. I got the order. <laughs> I was just watching the Curb Your Enthusiasm where uh, Larry is visiting his dad. I don't remember what the context is, but the word he's trying to get his dad to hear is die. And then the lady comes by the room and he's just yelling, "Die, die!" at his dad. And the lady's like, "Oh my god." Uh, it's funny how many times, like in life, I'll feel kind of like wrong, and then I'll go watch Seinfeld or Curb or something. And oh, I'll be everyone like, deals with this. Oh yeah, Larry made me feel better. We were at that Sabbath show, and we ran into an old friend of ours. Yeah, what's her name? Jordy. <laughs> Jordy. He still doesn't believe. It. I just gave him the answer. He's like, no, oh my god, dude! When it. I was out with my grandpa yesterday, this dude Joey, who we used to like, he was a friend of our friends. Was it like Darren and Chris and Cindy and them? Joey. Joey. We were never like close friends with this guy at all. I can't put a face to just Joey right now. But he stopped me and was just like, Seth, and like shook my hand. I gave the most blatant, I don't know who you are to this guy. Yeah. And he goes, Joey. And I still go like, uh, uh, buddy. And then I just gave a blatant like, I'm pretending 100%. To like I shook his hand and was just like, oh, how you been, dude? Yeah. No I idea. Hate that. that happened like even in Denver of just like <laughs> when people say then it, it's loud, but I, instead of like wanting them to repeat it and, and I just go like, yep. <laughs> I just say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what's up, dude. That's what's up, dude. Um, <laughs> but, but like Jody had her, her husband there and then you and Jody are like just talking, like catching up and me and her it's husband. Jordy, by the way. Jordy. She still doesn't get it. But. I thought you said Jody. <laughs> <laughs> so now you mixed the person you, you talked about. Right, that's what happened. <laughs> so... You guys are catching up, and now me and her husband are just standing there. And we did like fucking two sentences back and forth to each other, just formally. Yeah. And then the rest of it, like, you guys talked for like five minutes, and me and her husband just stood there in silence <laughs> and just both agreed to, like, you know what? I'm going to stare at whoever is performing on the stage. That's fair. You know, I paid a ticket to get in here. Well, well, Why am I talking to your fucking also, ass? I don't even know you. It's all about like the time since you last saw them. And I and I, I know both of them. Like Jordy better because she booked us our first South by thing and that, that was in 2013. He was almost 10 fucking was years involved, ago. But yes, right. he was. She was all the communicator. That was when we crashed on the floor of their hotel room, her and uh, yes. her dude with Saba watching Saba the there, Mighty Boosh eating lunchables. <laughs> I remember that. It's my only Mighty Boosh experience, but I've never forgotten. Would have never remembered now, that. See, now I'm getting texts. Now I'm getting texts from my, my grandma's boyfriend. Uh-oh. Should I say ex-boyfriend? Eskimo bro? Your grandpa's Eskimo bro. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got home, and I was like, I kind of felt bad about that like socially awkward interaction. I just kind of like- With s- Joe? Yeah, I just kind of like snubbed the guy and was like, you know, I'm going to turn this way. Yeah. <laughs> Not talk. That's what's up, dude. And then I, I went home- <laughs> And I turned on Curb, and it was an episode where... Mocha Joe? They go to a restaurant, Larry and Cheryl, and this guy who Larry doesn't like and doesn't want to talk to is seated seated right by the restroom. So in order to not have to walk past the guy, because Larry has to piss, he goes next door to a different restaurant and uses their bathroom just to not have to fucking have an... Inf- like a, hey, how you, how you been? Catching up conversation with yeah, the guy. Yeah, we'll stop and chat. 
and it made me feel better about myself. I was like, it was normal what I did. Well, I guess we could get to fan questions. We discovered a song in Denver that was called uh, You Ruined Nirvana. That's pretty fun. Also, George Bush really knocked one out of the fucking park. Oh, my God. Can you play this George Bush clip really quick? <laughs> uh, I don't have you know much to say well, that hasn't I, been said. But that's because we, we delayed this podcast three extra days. But it's like... I know Term has something he wants to say about this. It's called a Freudian slip. <laughs> Freudian slip the of the century. Of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Vladimir <laughs> Zelensky. Oh, they cut out the oh, fucking... Oh, no, 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 no. They cut out him right after going, <laughs> Iraq. I'm 75. I'm 75. And then the whole Where, f- fucking audience laughs. Hold on. I got to try and find the, uh, the full clip here. Why, why can't they ever just post a full fucking clip anymore? In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political right, so I also just watched a documentary called Unprecedented about the 2000 election, participating in the electoral process. detailing how this man stole the, the election. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia, and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. I mean, whoops. Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> War crimes. 75. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> he gets another laugh because he goes, I'm 75. Like, yeah, this I'm guy, too old. I've said it before. This guy turned in somehow because of Donald Trump's, uh, like, meanness. You know, he's just, he's just verbally abrasive. Everyone suddenly thinks that George W. Bush, a fucking war criminal who started an illegal war, everything he just said is true about himself. You remember how intensely just, people hated Trump America's for four years? He's old grandpa now. That's how I remember people hating him for eight years when I was too young to give a, a thousand fuck. times more justifiably. Yeah. And a I, thousand times. But now it's like, remember we played a video a few months ago or something of somebody screaming about the, you know, my friends died because of a war you created. And they were like, right. get, get him out of here. And everyone was like, you know, chuckling at George Bush and being like, get this, a-, not George Bush, get this asshole out of here. This right. guy who's like using his voice, you know, that First Amendment thing that's not violence. Just like, get him out of here. He's a fucking liability. You know, truth about his dead friends. Yeah, this guy the, killed how many people overseas? A million dead a million and a Iraqi half. civilians. Right. But to just like, dude, the way he clinches his eyes, because he's talking about Vladimir Putin, one man's unjustified decision to invade. Wholly unjustified. Wholly unjustified. One man decided to invade Iraq. And he goes, yeah, fuck. Like he snaps his eyes oh, shut. Shit. Like, damn it. That's me. Weighing I'm heavy Putin. on your I'm mind Putin. much, George? <laughs> I'm 75. <laughs> Wild. Oh, it's sickening. And then the other day I saw. The dude has gotten, somehow he's gotten like a complete pass. They've now covered this up. By for the past two days in the mainstream media, I've been reporting on some foiled assassination plot against George W. Bush that I'm sure was saw that. was bullshit. And they even used this clip without the audio as like the background thing of like, hey, remember your old yeah. somebody tried to kill you know, the- this guy that we would never let anybody attack for good reason. This, this war this criminal motherfucker who just kind of admitted to being a war criminal. This one man who wholly and unjustified, you know, he made a wholly unjustified decision to invade a country similar who, to Ukraine. This man who several law institutions declared is a war criminal and by the same standards declared Barack Obama is a war criminal. What's the age? What's the statute of limitations age wise on war criminality? Like, I think it's <laughs> I'm 75. I got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unbelievable It uh, is unbelievable Well Let's get into some Unbelievable Fan questions It's time for Fan questions It's time for Fan questions 
Report! Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. I really love these things. I really do love it. Yo, it's Gabriel from Tucson again. Uh, just listened to Junkyard Samurai for the first time, like, all the way through. And that shit was dope, boys. And I hope you guys do it again. Uh, just if you guys actually have plans to do something like that again with Pop Cause, be pretty sweet. And also, I was just curious, have you guys ever made, like, pins? You know, like, pins for, like, a hat or something? Because uh, it would be dope if you guys ever did do that. And, yeah, I guess that's about it. Smooches faggots. No pins, something we've like briefly discussed in the past, but never like had the follow through to to make pins. But it's a hard place. Uh, to we can barely out make a fucking start. t-shirt. You've been listening to the show for a few weeks, right? I would love can't even to, print a goddamn t-shirt. Um, but the connection that's needed to like launch that endeavor. Yeah. It's, well, we it's, have a friend like who's said, done it's pin prints. <laughs> I bet we could tap him. But uh, truth. Uh, yeah, one day. I, I feel like, we, why can't we just do our logo? You know what I'm saying? Like, logo pin makes so much sense. Like, to start, and then maybe we can develop some new graphics in pin form. But, like, you got to start somewhere. And there are things we already have the graphic made of. Just our name, our logo. Right. I don't know. Uh, thanks for the mention. And, funny you mentioned Junkyard, because uh, we've had a little, like, telephone game all year. I uh, haven't seen Prob Cause in two and a half years at this point because of, you know, mm-hmm. global pandemic reasons and stuff. And also Prob's like on a whole different tier now of like not only his art and his NFT involvement and all that, like he crushes on that, but he travels around uh, with Grizz, who's like a f- huge festival act. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a busy dude. He's a little busy replacing Doja Cat on <laughs> festival lineups. Crazy. Um, but we finally got on the phone with him yesterday. We didn't do the podcast yesterday when we thought, but we were able to start talking again about um, the Junkyard Samurai 2 project because that is a thing. We probably mentioned it more like three years ago because we were working on it in 2019. And then, yeah, the world got put on pause and then whatever, and now we're just trying to get back into it. But um, we, we don't know when this stuff will be out, but it is definitely uh, a thing. You will hear another Junkyard album, and uh, possibly before the end of the year. So it's actually like a summer goal we just kind of finally put back into the conversation yesterday. But um, I think we all have stuff we would like to revise before we just like stamp and ship the, the songs finishing we touches on. on it. Yeah, finishing touches. So uh, this summer is for finishing touches. Maybe we'll be able to release a single sooner than late. But um, yeah, stay tuned. I would presume... That that'll be like, whenever it is, it'll probably be our next release, like that we're involved in. It's not a Palmer Squares release, but right. that'll be our next release with Prob. Also, uh, coming soon-ish. What took you so long on the first one, dude? Yeah, seriously, it's been like what five years. Twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. Pussy, bitch. Uh, <laughs> better late than never. Uh, but yeah, man, you'll have some new tunage from the uh, what's that called? A super group? Are we a super group? Junkyard Samurai super group? I would say so. The super group's coming for you uh, with some new tracks soon-ish. Um, thanks, Gabriel. <laughs> Who's next? This is me at the merch table. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. Next. Yeah, so Term recently brought up like him, like the lyrics to like Spictate, spit, eh, fucking shit, can't ever <laughs> talk. Cause it's this guy, guy sucks. So- Pardon me? me. <laughs> this guy sounds like a blithering idiot. You know, that's why I'm saying I can't talk. <laughs> blithering. blithering is such a, whenever do you use blithering? Unless now, the proceed idiot. he calls. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you're not, there's no blithering. 
like as a blithering fool it's only associated with being a dumbass i've never heard it not with idiot what paired is with blithering idiot? itself like standalone blithering the definition dip. should be a kind of idiot <laughs> uh synonyms blabbering blathering driveling so come on give me just the straight up definition complete utter so yeah Utters. <laughs> you might you might say you know it was a, an utter disgrace, but you never say it was a blithering disgrace. You know, right? Blithering is strictly reserved. We for were watching a, a Breakfast Club in the hotel room the other day, and I love when uh, Anthony Michael Hall is saying something about like his uh, physics club or something, and uh, uh, Bender is the guy who plays Judd Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> he just goes, uh, "Excuse me." He's talking to someone else, and he just goes, "Excuse me." What are you babbling about? <laughs> I know like every word of that movie. These guys were. I am the most annoying person to watch Breakfast Club with because I will recite the entire film. We're gonna make. Oh, wait. All you mother. What the? Uh, what the fuck are you? Got it. Got it. What the fuck are you bitches babbling about? What the fuck are you bitches Ugh. blithering about? And then before that, we watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High. These are all on like cable television. Yeah. And I fucking I knew it was coming up. I hadn't seen. The revised cable censored version, but I know the line when they're interviewing Spicoli in his dream for at a surf competition or something, and they ask him about these other surfers, and he goes, "Those guys are fags," and I'm like, "What are they gonna do here?" Yeah, and I like I didn't capture it on TV film. Oh my god, it was the best edit though. Of, Those guys are fools. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still my favorite though is half baked. Give me a box of condoms and uh. What's that stuff we used to eat? Eat it all the time back in the day. Oh yeah, pudding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this blithering fool goes onward. Uh, but sorry for blithering here. Uh, about spit take having like the dude. What are you lyrics asking? about his ex or whatever and. So it got me to thinking, you know, somebody who else is a grown-ass man who's gone through plenty of relationships, which I'm sure both of you all have. Uh, my question is, I'm sure both of you have gone, well, maybe, but maybe not, but have gone through toxic relationships. So my question is, what is it do you think, like, kept you in those toxic relationships? Like, what is it that that you were convincing yourself of love to make you think Pussy that pudding. whatever uh, <laughs> tribulation you were going I'm a, through I'm a in fool. relationships was worth dealing with. Um, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who deal with the exact same thing, obviously, you know, and all the fucking 20, maybe three people who listen to this podcast. So. Whoa. <laughs> You're going to try and insult me Love after a call like that? You fellas have a lot of growing up to do, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. You know what hurts the most is the, the lack of respect. You know? That's what hurts the most. I'm going to take a chance here and say that was um guy and he's drunk. <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know. I've, I haven't had like super toxic relationships. Like to use that word, I don't know if I like identify uh, any of my relationships as toxic. I remember I was dating a girl when I was 19 and it was like... Pfft, we were not right for each other. And right. it was like, we did, it was short lived, you know, fucking six months or something. I killed so her. We didn't stay. <laughs> she lived shortly. No, it was, uh, it didn't go on into this toxic, why am I staying in it for so long? No, it ended. You know? Mine is, is way too long and complicated of a story. It was already over. We were trying to rekindle it. 
<laughs> and that just went bad. Um, you know, I would also like uh, fault myself in many places as being like young and immature. It was a long distance relationship. She lived in another country. I did not know how to like handle that. Um, again, long story. She went through some things where she like really needed someone to be there for her, and I was not. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, th- I, that's what I would say. Not why I stayed in it, but like why a relationship didn't work or it lasted longer than it should have is yeah, probably my own, um, yeah. Immaturity. Here's what I have an experience with. And I think this is kind of uh, a summation of what happened in that relationship that I detail or that like spit take was, was sort of somewhat influenced by some of the lines is that like, I'm an idiot and I'm like thoughtless. You're blithering. And I, do, I, in unintentionally do things with my stupidity and my inconsideration that hurts the person I'm in a relationship with. And then they intentionally do something to reciprocate that pain. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Uh, even when I do find out that I hurt you first, I'm like, well, it was an accident. And this wasn't an accident. It was right. kind of one of those situations. And me on spit take is, uh, is kind of like airing that. Yeah, and this isn't like, that, and that's actually a very like, it seems like you may have even went to therapy to have that conclusion. I know you didn't, but you know, very no. mature to, to understand. I watch a lot of Sopranos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I remember when I was in college, just after college, uh, there was this coworker of mine that I had a big crush on, and, and then we ended up starting to date, and after just like, it was f- only like a couple of weeks, I remember she told me straight up that like, I that she wasn't in the position to get involved in a serious relationship, and I was like so infatuated with her. I right. kind of like you know sweet talked her. I was just like no, like like please, like this is this is going so well, and like some would say sweet talked, some would say manipulated. Yeah, sold her a <laughs> bill of goods. <laughs> but like I remember being like no, like we we I really think we should keep like let, let me give me another chance like let's do some and then i like pushed it and we had dated for months and then i didn't respect the relationship like i i, I towed that line of couldn't really commit because i didn't want to like be locked into something but I, I i couldn't let her have what she wanted either which was to like not get locked into something right right so i like i kind of dragged her along and i really like this girl and i like i feel like and it uh for a few months, like that was it. It was me and her, and I was like, I was, dude, I'm such a pussy. I'm like, I'm such a pussy. I'm petrified of pussy. Like I remember at this time, I was so scared that if we like fucked too early or something, I, I really wanted to like show her I'm not just some pussy hound, and I wasn't. But it kind of got to the like past the point where. Uh, like now, I did just seem like, and I remember at one point she told me, like, basically, "Are you gonna fuck me? If you don't fuck me, I'm gonna let somebody else do it." I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" I'm like, "I'm taking too long." Um, but then I remember also this was so many years ago. I don't know, 2014, 13 something. It was also like sort of the beginning of Palmer Squares having any mild level of success to where like I don't know, some cute girls might come to a show, right? And then yeah, I fucking like hooked up with a cute girl that came to a show once, and then like I think this girl caught on pretty quick that I was not she was like i knew it i knew i should have i told him four or five months ago that like just doesn't like i wasn't ready for it i knew i should have sucked those dicks he kind of sucked me into like staying in this dating thing and then uh i never got like caught up or anything i just think it became obvious that i was not a mature serious boyfriend material but i thought i was so i was like don't go nowhere i'm i'm for real right here unless you're not around and some girl's giving me eyes at a show and i want to 
go home with her or something. And I look back like unfondly of that behavior of myself. But I also like, we didn't commit. We weren't locked into something to where like we had like clear lines drawn. So I thought I had a little bit of wiggle room to kind of do whatever the fuck I wanted. Cause oh. I was in my early twenties and Hey, I'm going to, my rap group's picking up steam and <laughs> like, it was just kind of like shitty. It was just kind of shitty. So that was like different thing. But like in, in retrospect, I didn't think we would have like necessarily stayed together forever or something, but I like, I probably could have respected her wish to just be like, all right, she's not feeling this right now. But I was right. like, please don't leave me. <laughs> like, this is, we're great together. And then I didn't respect that, my own philosophy of that. I kind of like, yeah, I, I was playing it fast and loose after staying with her for a few months. And then she was like, oh, yeah, fuck this guy. And then I remember we broke up. And then like months went down the, and, and there was some sort of like Facebook interaction. I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to, wasn't even trying to get back with her. I just said like, hey, you know, sh- you should come out. We should, uh, you know, grab a coffee or something. Finally fucked. Nothing happened. No, we did. We did fuck. It was probably terrible. That was part of it too. Yeah. It was like, we finally fucked. She's like, oh, this guy has no dick. Right. Like, this guy sucks. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I never really like overly stayed in like a, you know, abusive relation. I never had like something that was really, I, I don't know. The stories I've heard, I feel like I've kind of lucked out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I never had something that was like, this one was a little turbulent. Yeah, I like I it's know more turbulent. details of terms thing, and it was probably more turbulent. Wow. Uh, but I, I, uh, yeah, it was probably a worse situation than what I had with the international stuff and the I things did, um, going on in both of your lives. I just have some like, kind of like it, it's obvious now in retrospect that they weren't built to last. You know, even right. if I thought like, please, this is built to last. Let's they were make built this to last. spill. Yeah. The plane keeps <laughs> coming. Um, Go on. I do remember in that relationship once I did uh, that move where you throw water in the other person's wow. face I, I, from a glass. <laughs> I don't know if I ever splashed like, water in a girl's face. In the movie UHF, Weird Al uh, <laughs> hosts like a daytime talk show and he's got Satan. You make me sick. <laughs> That's the best part of the movie. Uh, but yeah, she was like, and it, but it was in one of those situations where it's like, I can't hit her, you know? And she's, like, asking me to, more or less. Yeah. She's <laughs> but, asking for it. <laughs> I can't, like, I'm not going to put my hands on her, but there is a cup of water right here. You've also hit me with the cup of water, <laughs> the cup of potpourri. You always find whatever's nearest in a, in a bowl cup. Yes. Throw that <laughs> object onto somebody. Um, Empty wait. a receptacle in their face. That's how <laughs> I deal with the problem. But she was in my bed, and she wouldn't get out. Because it was one of those situations where, like, uh go sleep on the couch, but I was telling her to go sleep on the couch sort of thing. Right. She was telling me to go sleep on the couch, and I was like... It's like, you're in my house It's in my, my bed. bed. Yeah. If anyone's getting out of the fucking... If anyone's going on the couch, it's you. I can totally understand This is that. my bed. That I would have a hard time going to sleep on the couch from my own bed. You know what right. I mean? If but she, she was, was the guest. Uh, but she was just like... She wouldn't let it go. Yeah. Uh, and then I threw water. All right, bitch. Hope you like Dasani. <laughs> 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 All right, let's do another uh, caller. What's up, Fagoots? Calling for the first time in. I'm listening to the show. You're talking about Arby's pedo piss. Um, fuck. Well, first off, you're slandering Arby's, saying you'll only eat the curly fries. I've never had the potato cakes, but the beef and cheddar kicks ass. All right. How do you not like a beef and cheddar? That kicks <laughs> most kicks other my ass. sandwiches. Kicks gas out, out of my ass. And term in his. God damn it. All right. See ya. Arby's rules. Oh. <laughs> no, I won. Oh, that my means I God, win. I am the winner. <laughs> that means I win. Um, 
I think I, I think it was last year I had an Arby's. I was visiting my mom and I was driving back from somewhere and I passed an Arby's and I was like, you want me to grab some fucking fast food? And uh, like my mom, like I don't I don't know if I don't think she eats Arby's often, but she was like, oh, Arby's sounds good. And I was like, I haven't had Arby's in years. And I remember I had a beef and cheddar and it was not bad. But it's like, yeah. I, I don't look at Arby's. We have the meats commercials and go like, oh, so A lot of like pretty much nine but out I of had ten, one like a year ago and it wasn't bad. Nine out of ten like fast food places that I might shit on. Yeah. It has nothing to do with if it tastes. This is like the, back to the Casey's pizza. It's not that it like tastes disgusting. Obviously, it's, ma- it's scientifically manufactured to taste good. That's the problem. the The problem is that it's some weird laboratory concoction. But I also think it's that's like pumped a, full of preservatives and chemicals and weird shit, and it's hardly even meat. It's like the, uh, the Subway's quantity. bread isn't even bread. The level of consumption. Like if I haven't had Arby's in ten years, and then I, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty destined for this to be not like a good experience. To be a good experience, right? You know what I mean? Like, but if you have Arby's every two weeks or something, like, yeah, that's disgusting. To like, I don't know. No es bueno. Yeah, or anything, like fast food to kind of live off of it, which I've had been in my life. And I, dude, I had some McDonald's nuggets <laughs> yesterday with my shitty ass. My girlfriend came home with some it's McDonald's after work, and I was just like, eh, you know, I'm going to have some nuggets. Let's do it. Um, but still, it's like, it has to be this rare treat. Like, I happen to like Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's what it does. It makes me do that. But like... I haven't had Taco Bell maybe yeah, all year, but I'm going to have it this summer. I'm going to have, but it's like, yeah, it, you have to use sparingly. You have to kind of reward yourself with these treats because it's like, yeah, dude, like when I was in high school growing up or something, I might've had Taco Bell like weekly. A like, little too I, much. I probably would have had, yeah, fucking, or whatever it was, like Taco Bell tonight, White Castle tomorrow, I'll have some fucking Arby's. And it's like kid diet almost, which is weird that kid bodies seem to like, have so little of a problem comparatively, you know. You can just pump, dude. I used to have like three Mountain Dews, and I never, true. I never even like understood what caffeine was. I'm like, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, I, I, I would my diet and the consumption of like the level at which I'd consume things like soda or but fast maybe food was so much more when I was in high school. Maybe and it didn't seem to like tack on the fat belly like it does now, or make me feel shitty. Yeah, but now you feel shitty a lot. Yeah, because like I'm an adult. Like I, I've had my body's been like maybe maybe that's what it was the wear and tear exactly I've had the wear and tear you don't feel it as a kid but you will feel it yeah um, and you do feel it as a kid there's fucking there's incalculable like big fat obese kids walking around nowadays your parents I, just I don't know how I wasn't one of them because I garbage. ate nothing but hot pockets and junk food and shit for many years and like it's not like I was in great shape but like could have been a lot worse dude I could have been one of those big fatzos because I was not eating well I didn't have a salad until I was like in my twenties dude. Yeah. I just didn't eat well. Um, anyways, yeah, I guess you're right. Arby's rules. Next, that's what's up, dude. Arby's rules and what's up, boys? Austin from Boston. I just want to say I just finished the thirteenth season of Ink Master. No spoilers. And I want to say I am thoroughly unimpressed. And not happy. Oh no. Oh no. Sad's that. <laughs> <laughs> Later, fag. Okay, I'm just glad you didn't spoil it because I've got like maybe four episodes of season 13 left. But um, I'm curious if he means not happy with season 13 or like the series the, the, in general. Maybe he doesn't agree with who ends up winning that season. Or did you not watch the first 12 and you've jumped into 13 and you're like, this show sucks? It sounds like you watched all 13. Yeah, and then concluded, well, I don't like the show. I'll tell you right now, they like Which, they. It's not that they run out of ideas. It's a pretty cut and dry formula you know 
yeah. do a good tattoo or else you go home. But they keep trying to like change the like how they pocket the teams. This is like divided by region. Everybody who's from the I don't West know if is aware, competes but, like, against the South. As a viewer, I'll watch next season if it's just like last season. Right. You don't need to keep doing this. They, they added um uh like each judge, you know, Ollie and Chris and Dave Navarro each if if someone gets sent home and they feel like it was unjust, they get a each one gets one pardon. Nice. So that the, the announcer can go like in a never before seen twist in the first time in Ink Master history. Like they have to dramatize it some right, every season. Right. One of the artists got a second chance to return. But like, yeah, I don't need that. I just want to see good tattoos and bad tattoos and then people fake shit talk each other over the pool table with their glass of wine and stuff it's crazy you know, rules it's um, well, the craziest thing of the show is how a experienced man of the stage like dave navarro is so incapable of hosting a live special we watch the live finale on every the road? finale Ooh, baby. <laughs> is live and they get worse and worse yeah it's it's astonishing yeah, Dave Navarro says meow instead of now, like he's a super trooper. Wow. No, meow. Meow. <laughs> um, so douche. And then, yeah, like my favorite, we were watching, it happened to be the season where he like, he keeps saying like, uh, y'all ready for this? And then the crowd's too loud and he's like, guys, guys, quiet down. Are you ready for this? Like He, he like, like hushes the crowd to repeat him. So I'm like, oh, it's so cringy. They don't mic them for the audience. But the, so then the audience doesn't know what the host... They don't even mic them for the contestants. He'll be like, clean, show us your tattoo. And clean's just standing there. And they have to say, it. clean, show us your tattoo. Clean can't hear you because there's no microphone. Um, fuck it. Let's just... Uh, let's do this one next here. Yo, this is Jordan from Kansas. I was just listening to uh, your last podcast when you're going over the Ben Gilly footage. I don't know if you noticed because you skipped over the song like right when the the YouTube editor's song was put in there. It was Chain Hang Low by Jibs. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Somebody else actually reached out and pointed that out because we had referenced it. Right. Chain Did we reference We were saying Jibs before that? I think so. And then I think we played that and we didn't expect some rap song to cue. And I was like, ah, oh, they always got to edit. Just like the fucking George Bush clip. I was like, ah, oh, it's always got to be some fucking edit work. So I paused it, not realizing that it was a God's algorithm right there live on the episode. Unbelievable. Um, but thank you. And you're welcome. And you're welcome. Here's another voicemail. Well, sing us a song, you're the ass man. Sing us a song tonight. Where the plumber squares are gay and I, they'll find some men tonight. <clears throat> Fuck, that hurt me. <laughs> but what's up, guys? It's the ass man. And uh, speaking as a former skater myself, too old for that shit now, but uh, why haven't you guys given any love to Rodney Mullen versus Day One song videos? That shit was uh, pretty instrumental in my music taste as well. And while I'm at it, the last Globe video, uh, I think it was called Opinion. I think that was Rodney Mullen's last part. But yeah, check that one out if you haven't seen it in a while. Anyways, later, fags. Um, certainly uh, cheese and crackers. Uh, not the Mullen day one, but the Chris Haslam day one video. To me, was like a, yeah, maybe they, an iconic release in my skateboard evolution. A, a little viewer. more our time. Yeah. Day One and Rodney was me perhaps just before. I definitely watched those videos. Yeah. You know what I watched the other day? Uh, Monday while I was going through it. Uh, 
stuck on the couch when I wasn't stuck on the toilet. I watched that Tony Hawk Till the Wheels Fall Off documentary on HBO. I keep putting it on the back burner. I've had it on the back. It came out like a month ago. My roommate, we grew up with my roommate. Uh, was one of our skater pals. Right. And I keep just thinking every time I gloss over it, they're like, I'll throw it on when he's here. You should. And I never do. Do it. It rules. I always forget. Now HBO has like a four-hour Carlin documentary that I'm not watching Tony Hawk before. Um well, like whatever the order happens, like, like that's the thing too. Is like I'm going. I have Carlin, all these things to watch. Hawk, I, Carlin. I never watch any of them. I just like I get to the end of the night and I'm just like I got a couple hours before I go to bed. I should put something on. I'm just like I want to like save. I want to save some of these. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I was gonna uh, watch the George Carlin thing last night, but then the Mavs hey, Warriors. Shout on. out the Mavs not getting swept. I don't think it's gonna do you much good. But I said Golden State in six, and then I remember we were watching Game One, and I was like, I think I was a little too ambitious. This might be a four game sweep. So I'm. I just want my predictions to be right, feel cool. <laughs> yeah, as um, much as I would like this not to be the case, by next week's episode, the Mavs will certainly have been knocked out. No, I said it's more than likely going to be Miami and Golden State. However, um, I don't know, the Celtics series is interesting. They just keep blowing each other out. Miami right. by 40, Celtics by 30. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's weirder. It's harder to call with these teams that... Uh, I don't like every other game. They Can you guys suck, both be on great. at the same time? Yeah, um, entertain us, please. The Tony Hawk documentary, first of all, very good. I you got to let me know if you and Danny get like I don't want to say just yeah emotional. There's like there's a part we'll weep in each other's arms. You should because there was like, but it's also because we're skateboard dorks going back to like middle school. It's like part of our lives, and they're talking no, like they're, they're, school they're playing, you know. Like the you know the, the the evolution of the nine hundred like the first time he tried it and then he gave up and then a year later he tried it again then he got injured and then he recovered and then and then like this X Games and then whatever and then by X Games ninety nine it's like a five year evolution from him starting to try it and then going like this is impossible I'm destroying my body trying this and then we all know Tony Hawk was the first person to land a nine hundred like he did get it at X Games and like the way they just show slam after slam and like that's the thing we've said a thousand times skateboard culture like that pick yourself up try again all the team like the homies you know like giving you the support when you right. land something when you bail you got this this one right here like the way the encouragement is like I believe Rodney Mullen did a TED talk on it um but all the people that are interviewed, like Rodney Mullen's one of the big interviews when they cut away to people talking about the Tony Hawk years. It's yeah. Mullen, it's Steve Caballero, it's uh, uh, Lance Mountain, it's like... Bucky Lasick. At this point, they're like old school, like Mount Rushmore's, but like... Uh, at the And I was watching it, and Melina just happened to say, she's like, so when you watch skateboarding now, do you like, do you like looking at the old legend stuff, or do you like watching the new crazy modern? I go, new crazy modern. Like, that's, I can't believe that I love keeping up with modern. But I'm like, you have to understand, in the late 80s, these were the new crazy modern guys. Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, Lance Mountain. Right. Like, it was, and they showed, what was his name? McGill, Mark McGill, Mike McGill, something, one of these skaters. The guy who basically invented the Mick Twist. Right. Uh, And that was like, at the time, you had to like, that changed the game. It was a a 540. No, it's something McGill. Uh, is it Annie McDonald or Annie McDowell? Is Annie McDowell the girl in Groundhog Day? Yes, and McDonald is the Andy McDonald is the skateboarder. Oh, let me see if I Still mix that up. Skate Mike McGill. Yeah, so he invented, I believe, the... It's just a 540, but like the McTwist. So Tony Hawk saw a guy invent a 540, and then he like slaved over learning that, you right. know? And then like... 
you're just watching like the spins adding another half spin until you get to the 900 and shit but uh yeah it was it was wild to watch all of them talk about this and you just see like the dedication of this this legend like it starts with remember like a few years ago there was like tony hawk does like the 900 at age 50 or something yeah um, it starts with like it's probably for this documentary, right? Like they're showing the effort it takes and the slams of this old dude, and then you contrast that with the stuff he was doing forty years earlier and how many slams he would take to learn something. And it's like the dedication of this guy, you know, who like all the cards are stacked against him. He was scrawny. Nobody liked him because his dad's his dad like worked for the uh, National Skateboard Association Association that set up all the contests. Right. So everybody was like, this kid's got the fixes in. You know, it's rigged so he wins it. Like everybody hated him. It would just made him have to work harder to be better, to be the best, you know? So I'm like, but yeah, when they were playing that X Games 99, like, process, I remember that from when I was, like, 10 years old or whatever, like, before I even really skated. I, like, remember that was crazy. I remember yeah. when Travis Pastrana did a fucking double backflip on a motorcycle at the X Games, and I'm like, I don't, I don't participate in that sport, but I'm like, this is a legendary moment. I, used to I play like the video game. It was kick-ass. I remember these, like, holy shit, that happened. Someone fucking did that. And, like, reliving that, watching the documentary, I was like, I was getting, like, gl- glossy-eyed. I was like, god damn it, dude, legendary shit. Pivotal skateboarding moment right there. Remember Tony Hawk when, uh, 900 at X Games. Remember when Tony Hawk and Sean White did like a doubles run and they collided? I was wondering if they were going to show that. They didn't get into that in the in the dock. But yes, another. I remember that it was I a do big recall deal. That. Um, yeah, I will definitely watch. Definitely been meaning to. Yep. Uh, super good and kind of unrelated, but I, I just uh, just to flex a little bit. I just bought a PlayStation Five like right before we started. Uh, recording this episode only because okay so like a year ago over a year ago last year during the you know the world was still pretty shut down I was tracking PS5 restocks because I had some extra fundage from uh, you know the fucking the stimulus and stuff and I was like you know I I wouldn't mind getting I haven't had a game console in fucking since I was in high school but uh, so I was looking for the restocks and it never really worked out and I forgot about it and whatever and I totally forgot, but I, I months ago, the beginning of the year, I must have like signed up to be on like a list, like to register for a chance for the, for the next release yeah. on Sony's website. And I got an email late last night that said, hey, you're in tomorrow at one o'clock. We're going to open up the, the waiting room and you'll have your chance to buy a PlayStation. I got to be honest, at, at, I was so more stoked last summer. My money was a little tighter. I had more time on my hands. The world's was, like opened up now too. Right. And I was like, fuck, this is just going to be a time suck. That's going to suck me. I've, 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 I say so many times how I'm like, I just want to get back to the real world. I'm like, let me buy a video game console. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but uh, I, more than anything, I just want to play like the new, uh, you know, resolution 4k Tony Hawk's pro skater. They remastered it for PlayStation four and five. I want nothing more. So that's the only reason I want it. Um, but yeah, I got in line, and right before I'm like, "All right, we need to wait an extra minute because I want to see if they'll they're gonna sell me a PS5 at cost." And uh, after a little bit of a headache, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" It said out of stock, like they always do. They put you in a waiting queue, and then you get in there, and it says, "Click to cart," and it goes, "Oh, they're sold out." Sorry, you missed it. And I'm like, "Motherfucker!" And then I like refreshed it, and then it was in my cart, and then I went to checkout, and then the fucking thing's supposed to be here next week now. So I, now all I have to do is buy Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I'm a made man. However, like this is an investment. For me to like, I'm not going to be an uber gamer nerd, but hey, TPS Sports Podcast at Gmail, like what's a sick fucking like, I don't know, zombie shooter game or something like, I don't know enough, but um, I will. Gears of War. I, there's zombies in that? I will have like a, yes. a budget 
at least annually for a couple of games. You know what I'm saying? Like once I figure this contraption out, ass. I, I'm like, uh, I'm pretty stoked about it, but, and it's kind of for that. Like I said, I always hit this point where it's like, there's stuff I want to watch, but I'm not ready to dive into the Carlin dock, but it's 10 o'clock or something. Yeah. And maybe my girl had a long day at work and she's kind of snoozing on the couch. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater PS5. Like that's when these moments where I'm not really in the mood, I don't feel like committing to a movie. I don't know. It's like a middle ground between doing something and watching something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a new distraction. So I'm, I'm hyped. Uh, but I only just want to relive my childhood days and playing my favorite skate video game. Absolutely. Other than that, I'm like, what else should I get? What's, turn, what's another good game? Turn the stats all the way down and put it on free skate. Dude, that's what we used to do. That's what I used to do. So it was the most realistically moving slow with low balance. Be like, this is me. Yeah, just like how I skate. Nose slide a hubba. Oh, man. Dude, I'm going to have a PS5 this summer. It's going to be crazy. I used to put it on, uh, lower all the stats, put it on free skate, turn the music off, put my own music on on my boombox. Oh, yeah, dude. I already thought about doing that because I'm like, I mean, as classic as the Tony Hawk soundtrack was, that's what I used to do. I used to put on whatever music I like, yeah. turn the volume all the way off, and just skate around. Uh, that's Dude, that's going to be my whole rest of the year. <laughs> it's just putting on the Little Brother album and skating on fucking Tony Hawk. Um, I think we have one more voicemail here, and this is what it sounds like. Hey, it's um guy. Uh, hopefully, you guys didn't say my play my last message because I was oh, we did. drunk and in my feelings. Uh, obviously, rehab didn't work too well. But um, <laughs> my poor um guy. I don't mean to laugh at your sorrows, but um, I was also able to pinpoint you and your level of intoxication on that first voicemail. You were spot on. Maybe I'll cut it. <laughs> what is your opinion about going down on a girl? when you first meet because I'm not going to lie like I feel you mean? I feel fucked up because like I kind of want the girl to go down on me but then I'm iffy about going down on a chick that I don't know you know what I'm saying no because get I down there this chick the other night and uh, I went down on her for a little bit but then like I don't know I stopped and then she got upset <laughs> like, well, I don't know what to tell you, lady. I barely even know your name. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. That's my opinion, and uh, that's also my question, to you guys. So, so is he saying that, like, motherfucking? Are you willing to give effort to a girl that you just met to get her off? Is that what he means? Like, he doesn't mean he's iffy about whether it's cleanly or. I think he just doesn't want to give effort to someone that well, he doesn't know. Well, I think know. he's pointing out the double standard where it's like, hey, I'll let a girl I just met blow me. Like, I hope she does. Yeah. Meanwhile, if like it went the other way or maybe giving her some love in order to get the reciprocation, you know, maybe he's just like averse to, it's like, oh, I don't even know you. Meanwhile, he's I thinking- I think that's hotter. Yeah. I want to I eat the ass of a girl I just met as opposed <laughs> to someone I've, you know, I've known for years Then I've known that ass. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's something. I think there's like a double standard there. Where like, I'm not uh, opposed at all to like. But I, I there's something about like my, I don't know, my 
toxic masculinity where it's like, I feel like I deserve it more. Or like, you know, this is like... Well, if the question is, would you rather get blown than than eat a girl out? Right. I'm trying to do everything I can to Whose just, answer isn't, I'd rather get, get blown. To get myself <laughs> treated in this situation. Um, uh, well, me in high school, I was no, like... Means to an end, dude. You gotta you gotta. I told you before, there was a girl in high school I would hook up with like numerous times. Every time I ate her pussy and she never touched my penis. Yeah. Um, but she was really sexy, and I was like, score. Right. Yeah, so I guess I, I don't really relate, because... Uh, she let me, like, beat off while I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> she let you. Right. Um, I gotta be honest, your first question was better. <laughs> your first drunken voicemail gave that us more something take to one? talk about. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you uh, owe this girl a, uh, you know, if you have a second date. I'll tell date, you what. You I'll better, you better stay down there. It seems like you went down there just to like give her enough, give her enough of a lapping to where right. maybe she was like, all right, well, he did a little bit, so now I'll do some. But it's like, no, like you want to finish, right? No, you're giving her blue balls. So you got to finish her. Blue lips. Um, I'll answer both the questions. Was our the relationship that is referenced in Spit Take was definitely not turbulent because of a lack of going downage. Right. If anything, it was too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't fucking know you guys. Another podcast. All right. YouTube comments. This is on the uh, Colorado promo video. And someone says, I can't believe I missed this. Yeah, dude, snooze, lose. It was last week, and it was kick-ass. So um, maybe next time, if there's a next time, I don't even know. I don't even know if we're ever going to tour again, so you might have missed the last opportunity. I think I sold out in Denver. I don't know. Plan on quitting, like, today. Plan on it? I quit today. I bought a PlayStation. My career is over, dude. (laughs) Uh, Word video. 90s backpack hip-hop with white faces. I want to take that as an insult. I was going to say insult, compliment? Definitely an insult. Fuck you, dude. A.K.A. Fuck these guys. No. Um, picturesque. Break ground like I'm snipping the ribbon. Got a, got my hand on my hip and I'm dipping. Not a fan of insipid opinions, derivative rhythm, or ending. Indian women. He says ending the women. Ending the women. He was, he, You're how both did he wrong. get all that other shit? You're both. Well, I, I've I'm always goofy. had a, this line is I know always, it sounds like Indian women. Uh, we've joked about it. And I, I've always had like a, it's not a very like um, articulate line, but I, it's not ending the women. I will end you. <laughs> yeah, was that supposed to <laughs> This be? isn't communist China. Um, no, it's indignant women. I don't even know what the word means. Uh, but indignant? I did one. Indignant. I think it's Just like, like what, mad. Yeah. It's disrespectful or, um, yeah, feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as unfair treatment. So yeah, whiny bitches. I know it from the Dean Martin song, I Like Vegas. What's he say? But it's like, I'm rapping so fast, sometimes they're like, derivative rhythms were Indian women. And like, Indian women? Like, that's just that's just kind of fucked up. Got nothing against an Indian woman. What does he say? If you're an Indian woman, I will end you. <laughs> Ending the women. Uh, no, it's indignant women. Uh, you know, overly emotional, angry, yeah, women, scorned so, lovers. So women, women. I don't like women. <laughs> no, I'm gay. Um, boom dip. It says reminds me of leaves in the trees. Cheers from Ontario, Canada. <gasps> is, no, it's not. I thought it was homeboy. They don't, they don't Wayne, know what they're talking about. What is leaves in the trees? Something I've said. And I don't know why I don't boom get dip. It at all. 
I believe I I've hate said that it <laughs> on this show before. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, at my cousin's house, my my brothers and my cousins were all watching Jurassic Park. It had just started, and I came in the room, and it was that scene where they like lower the cow into the T Rex thing, mm-hmm. and you just see the the bushes and leaves and everything rustling as the T Rex eats the cow. And I came in the room and I said, "What are you guys watching?" And my brother said, "Leaves in the trees." And I bought it hook, line, and sinker and was like, we're watching Leaves in the Trees. Good flick. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, he also did... Steven Spielberg did Schindler's List and Leaves in the Trees <laughs> in the same year. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Comment on me, the snails. <laughs> I want to cough. Let me hear it. It says, where is the new music? <laughs> I love you guys. Damn, Meet the Snells is the new music, dude. <laughs> Get a clue. <coughs> oh my god. Um, sure, I should do this. Real, that's like, <laughs> isn't that song like seven months old? Give me a year. Damn. Um, we're working, sort of. Junkyard Samurai stuff back in production at long last. So stay tuned. Fuck. So you think you can rap? Uh, ha 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 five days ago it says i'm so stoked to see you cats in denver tomorrow this is one of the hardest verses term has ever spit than anybody has ever spit for that matter the first one the first so you think you can rap what did i say in that knowledge over swag pockets drop, drop in boulder dash until my, my pockets, pockets full, full of, of cash. cash ashes to ashes there's a couple things we have to establish <coughs> methadone and tablets or something hash discs and tablets of acid i think i might have been Mixing up verses. Yeah. It's all one jumbled mess. MC Showcase was the other one. Insert drug reference here. (laughs) Uh, Even keel. My liquor be 95% THC. 510 cartridge from Good Farms, Ontario, Canada. Stand up and blaze. Hey, we're back. It's Wayne. It's Wayne. Shout outs from Ontario, Canada. That first one from Ontario was not Wayne, oddly enough. Um, Wayne! Acknowledge. (coughs) Wayne again. I'm going to have to kick it till I'm out of ammunition. Cheers. Acumental and Terminal Knowledge. Been a huge fan since 2013. Salute and cheers. From Ontario, Canada. Uh, from Ontario, Wayne Canada. Wayne guy is a weirdo. To Shaw City, the United States of America. Be the illest in the, pla- in the planet. <laughs> I'm going to go to the center Fuck of the you, earth. Fuck you. I'm getting on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Been to the center of the earth and back in. Uh, hey, Wayne. If you're listening to the podcast, like you comment all over our videos. I want you to call into the podcast. I want to like develop more of a dialogue. I'd say you, you're such I don't think a he heavy commenter. Well, he's gonna have to change that. If we're the illest in the planet, he would listen. Um, but yeah, dude, you gotta call the show. Uh huh. Let's see what else we got. Spit take. Ack killed it. All caps. Pumpkin cipher. Bars. Uh, Colorado promo video. Need a trip to Duluth, Minnesota. Let's go. Another one of these, love these. Jane Adams. Wow, only nine years late on the 500,000 views. It's like for nine years, I would want 500 million, but whatever. You know? And uh, when you come into Vegas, holla. Well, they mean we should have got 500,000 nine years ago. Maybe they're saying it shouldn't have taken nine years to get to the 5,000, 500,000 that we clearly have earned. I. I I thought it was going to, they say only nine years late on the 500,000 views. I thought it would be like only 500,000 views. Well, they mean it's been nine years. This should have had this many views nine years ago. 
It probably right. did. It probably did. Well, fuck. I'm the My bad. And for nine years, nobody's watched it. Right. My bad. When you come to Vegas, we'll be at Skankfest this October. <laughs> when you come to Utah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, where else are we going? Before Skankfest. So, uh, shout out everybody that came out to the Colorado shows. It was uh, as good of a trip as I could have anticipated. No unconsciousness when I didn't want it. Well, I guess I could have gone without the fiery butt piss. Yeah, but you chose need... that. Yeah. Yeah, that was my bad. You had two choices. Be a pussy and back out of this spicy tequila no. shot. Or fucking shoot flames out of your I ass. Hope, I hope the white moms listen to this. I hope Clay knows that he delayed our podcast 48 hours. Like, I really <laughs> don't think that My stomach is fucked. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling no, you, I don't think so was, either. was the fault of my grandpa's phone. We had, um, he's called me twice since recording this. Yeah, we should wrap this up. Make sure he's all right. Uh, I'm sure he's good. But, that, dude, that salmon we ate. We got a... The place was called Brews Ale House in Pueblo. And then You're they said, the, the guys, the staff was so nice. A couple people that work there, like, were fans of ours and gave us requests. And I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. Like, nope. just the support oh, yeah. for us being there at all. I was like, I thought this was going to be just the reggae One crowd. One of them, because they also it's a, have a restaurant and the restaurant has a bakery. Yeah. One of those employees bought me a box of macarons from that bakery. Did you try them yet? I had one. And it's one of the greatest macarons I've ever had in my Save life. Save me one. It just like collapsed. Can you bring two of them to the podcast I, I, next week? I meant to this week. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a struggle not eating two of those. Uh, but, yeah, fucking. In Pueblo, they said you get, and normally they'll get like two drink tickets or like uh, 30% off food, stuff like that. And it's whatever. We'll take what we can get as the artist. And he was just like, any drinks comped and any food comped. And it sucks because I wasn't drinking. I like I did it up in Denver the night before, and we had a flight that night. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. We had to drive two hours to an airport, right? right so, after uh, the show, so and it was an early show. It just feels weird to be all getting all tanked that early on. But uh, yeah. anyways, we're looking at the food menu, and we both got the, the like the most expensive thing on the menu was the salmon and mushroom risotto and asparagus, and it was like thirty five bucks. And like we both, <laughs> we both got that, and it was. I would say the top three salmon experiences of my life. It was so fucking good. It was just crazy. But then we both were having gut wrench the next day, so we theorized, like, maybe... Either way, worth it. Fiery tequila shot, worth it for the story. Right. That that salmon, even if that's what gave me a stomach bug and we were both feeling it the next day or two, worth it. That was the best fucking salmon. And we sat there and ate it to the shittiest... Spotify oh emo playlist. Do you remember the band? So it was like the most wonderful thing going in my mouth hole and the, <laughs> and the most treacherous <laughs> things going into my ear holes. My head was so confused. Yeah, it was uh it was wild. It was fucking crazy. Um god damn, that was good salmon. Um, 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 um Oh yeah. Next month we have two shows. June 24th, we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Foolish Things. And then the next night, uh, we're playing at Camp Seiso Festival in Hartman, Arkansas. Uh, that's June 25th. Um, Min. I think the ticket link for Tulsa is still coming, but you can get your Camp Seiso tickets right now, palmersquares.com. And uh, yeah, Oklahoma, we're coming back. Um, we're also confirming something for Atlanta at the end of July. Stay tuned for that. And uh, Everwild, mid-August, Baltimore with Wax and the Grilled Lincolns. End of August. That's August 26th. 
And we're working on more dates for the fall. We will be at Skankfest. If you're going to be at Skankfest, check us out. We'll be hanging around. And uh, duh, 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 duh. yeah, more Midwest stuff in the works and hoping to work our way westward as well. We might be able to get further west before the end of the year. So uh, we're still working on it. Stay tuned. Hell yeah! Uh, hit up palmersquares.com slash shop. We have sold out of the spooky language tees, but we'll be replenishing them in the weeks to come. We still have... When do you think we'll have those? By like next week or two a couple weeks. weeks? Okay. Two weeks time. Yeah, we had to bring what we had for this trip or we wouldn't have had enough shit to sell to the Coloradans. Um, but we do have some boyish mind smiley tees, uh, some posters, CDs, some other shit. Check it out. Palmersquares.com slash shop. Uh, give us another call or an email. Or two calls. Um, guy, make it a hat trick. Give us a third call. Right. Or give us a package, something physical at Palmer Squares, P.O. Box 47772, Chicago, Illinois, 60647. Uh, TPS Reports Podcast at gmail.com and 708-797-3079. Send an email. Give us a ring. Let me know what video game I should suck my life away into. Uh, Patreon.com slash Palmer Squares also. Oh, yeah. I wanted yeah, I to fucking. I'm wearing my Gart Got My Heart hoodie. Yep. Can that. Whoever sent us this, tell me who this is. I asked Kale last week to please clarify, but not You listen, yet. obviously. He's, he's got a family, might be behind, but yeah. Kale, whenever you hear this, <laughs> Term needs to know what exactly. What am I repping? What is he repping? In addition to Google, which I already have a problem with. Um. Yeah, I wear my Jordan uh, sweater all the time, and it kicks ass, and right. I know exactly what it is, and I, I see feel great about it, it. and I agree that it kicks ass. Me and Term went to a Nike outlet store in Castle Rock, Colorado, and we got matching Jumpman pajama pants. I've been wearing them literally since I got home for three straight days until I changed. I did some laundry before you got here. Goddamn, those are sweet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even took them out of the bag. Outlet stores rule, dude. I wanted a, a new pair of shoes that weren't Vans because Vans have been hurting my feet lately. Uh, yeah, I think it's my my first pair of Nikes. Major no, wait. markdown. I had one pair of Nike skate shoes years ago. I got my girlfriend a fleece that that's, was. I think that's it. Marked down from one hundred and twenty dollars. Never wore Nikes to thirty, and I was like, "Yeah, you're getting a gift." But I'm just like, you could sell it for thirty, and I would be like, "All right." But like, if you could just, it's all made up. You know, you just tell me, "Oh, you know, that's like ninety dollars less." Then it's like, "Whoa, I gotta get it." Just right. tell me anything is like four times as much. And I'll yes. buy that thing. Like I'll be like, it's such a deal. Like, I am an American. Man. Um, but yeah, I hadn't been to an outlet store in forever. Got hooked up with those matching J-Man pants. Gotta, we should have worn them on stage. Maybe in Tulsa. Anywho, thanks for listening. And what are we doing? What are we doing? We need an outro song here. We need a fucking song to end this fucking shit. You know what I forgot is like right here the whole time I was supposed to do it during the intro. <laughs> <laughs> been like sitting on it this whole time no that's a good like analogy that's that's palmer squares in a nutshell plan something for like right off the top and then when you're wrapping up maybe remember it right half acidly <laughs> recall <laughs> clear but, uh, it up next week yeah turn bought a fucking whatever that is we were honking it at the on stage in denver it's a bike horn right i'd like that's the palmer squares is <laughs> 
Um, and then some dude, when we went to that slasher bar, this dude bought us drinks. And then, like, before he left, clearly had a guilty conscience. He had to admit to me that he, this was in his pocket. He just did this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I don't have it. And he's like, I stole your horn. Wow. And he wanted to keep it, and I made him give it to me. <laughs> and now I'm just like. Just to forget about it. Right. Just what so a it could jerk, be a, a shitty afterthought. No, the whole flight home, I was like, should have given that guy that There's horn. no reason. Not none. There, that he <laughs> shouldn't have gone home with a fun souvenir. He, well, you know he, what? He ganked it. He earned it. We had a nice little laugh on the drive to uh, Pueblo. Where we were goofing about if the horn was broken and this is all where we had to like stick this out the window. Yeah. And then like picturing someone having to do that but being still like road rage, like fucking move it. Yeah. The guy's like, I'd really like to keep this if you don't mind. And you're like, that's what's up, dude. I'm gonna need it back. That's what's up. Thanks for the drink. But <laughs> thanks, give me dude. My thanks. Horn back. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry, guy. I'll bring it next time. <laughs> it's yours. It's funny, like uh Somebody stole Term's bolo tie off stage in Texas last year. That happened. And he never got it back. Didn't. And I know it means a lot more to him than this horn. Way more. Yeah, I know. It's like, they, that guy should have the horn. <laughs> That's my point. Yes. Uh, what else? What else are we doing? Smoochie Gang playlist. I mean, I should also have my bolo tie. That, yes. Yes. You should have one of the two things in question, and it's not the horn. <laughs> I'll make a bolo tie out of this. <coughs> yeah, as we hack our way to the end. Uh, Smoochie Gang playlist on Spotify. Uh, Curious Flight by um, the homie. Maybe we'll see him. He came out to the Oklahoma or the Tulsa show from Denton last time. Pudge. Pudge. This is Pudge featuring Alwa Gordon. It's called Curious Flight. I'm curious if that flight home uh, is what made me sick. So uh, find it in the Smoochie Gang playlist. And besides that, we'll see you next week. Kill Whitey! Check. Smooches. Yeah. Let's get out of town forever and watch the world burn down together. Never got turned down together, spark natural. Get a ways to get the head right. Spend my days hustling, meddling like a lead pipe. Play hard, work a little harder than the next mic. Order up a beverage in terminals where the jets fly. Skilled in getting revenue and spreading them legs wide. I wreck lives, the baddest influence that you met tonight. Freaks coming out past the PM Closet type, awfully fly She's always psyched to see him Shit. And then we gone until the evening It's time to make the memories fade And then we sleep in Shit. Every day is something, ain't it? She curious, I'm dangerous and wants to get acquainted Mixing up a potion, we both loving that it's tainted A couple strangers tell the lies, honest mistakes My, my clothes soaked the sin again Left it with the sin of my cologne Independent, I can get it on my own Money come, money go, shit It's all the fucking same to me Dipping in my savings as we speak Kinda craving drinks I be stepping in the lobby with my eyes wide open Last thing smoking, how my lungs feeling broken Choking on the dreams of the people that we watch fail Put the cross on them, they was Christian but they not bell Long tail, see mysterious type The flow Bruce Lee, he ain't got a furious bite She be flying off the drugs for the curious flight Couldn't stop him at the door, but security might The purest advice, my homie told me get it Or we die trying, that's why I'm in the sky flying This is God's guidance, my eyesight See it 2020, even though the flow like Three below, I'm at your door like mistletoe I mean mistletoe, please don't get defensive bro It's all war games, she just tryna keep my missile low Close to the sunlight, Icaro, Icarus They should probably ticket this to judge, can add sentences 
This is not vacation. You gotta live with this. I'm in the lab with chemicals, burning down this chemist kit. You should pay the witnesses, but we don't want no witnesses. Me and Pudge blasting off to show you what the difference is. Yo, I take that drink now. <laughs>